It's just a digital recorder. It's cool. It's got a USB and you just put it it's right so into cool. Yeah, it's is it going? I think so. Yeah. It's Catching going. Yeah. Unfiltered shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what you got to do when you don't have a smartphone or, you know. I think I actually got it. I may have gotten it when I already I still had a smartphone, but it seems like the thing that like reporters hold up mm -hmm. like tell yeah. me the scandal. That's right. I don't have my fedora or my press you know, like the hat with the the press like sign what of. do you what are those for? Just to name your press or Oh, in the old movies? Yeah. Yeah, it just it's just to identify you identify you as a member of the press. I think the only <laughs> modern thing I've seen it with is uh, Gilmore Girls. Uh, yeah, but they have a lot of throw throwback shit they throw in there. Here's you know, Gilmore Girls. A year in the life. Oh, so my phone's just like Siri is monitoring our conversation. See, we we're, had we're, two recordings. Reporting back to home base. Yeah, you can have the backup and <laughs> vet it and kind of censor it for whatever Apple doesn't approve. Siri would be of, like, you know? "Yo, I did not say this date. This is the date." You mentioned a brand that we don't sell. You can't talk about that. <laughs> you know. We once had an Alexa, a Google Home, oh. and the Siri thing, and it was like did they, they would. Do they fight it? It was they like would a correct nice fight. each other. And I was like, which like, one up, do I believe? Up, you know? <laughs> Some inter-Android warfare. <laughs> we eventually gave up on the Alexa because we found out our neighbor could hack into it and it became pretty creepy to be honest i just yeah i mean i i hate to sound like like some old luddite guy but i don't like having a thing in my house listening to me i don't you know i mean i guess when i open my laptop there's some level of that but not to the level of controlling all the appliances and stuff and just oh, yeah. listening for having voice commands you know it's a thing Not that we it. said we didn't like, and then we just eventually gave in, like most Americans. Mm. We don't mind our freedoms being stripped away as long as we just don't see it. What was it that, was it like a dead Kennedys thing? I think it was something that said, give me convenience or give me death. <laughs> you know, like it, that we're full on into that, you know. God, I would have loved to see the dead Kennedys. Hmm. Yeah, I missed them. I, I probably had a chance, but I mean, they lasted kind of past their prime. They lasted into the, well into the 80s, you know. I feel like they're one of those underappreciated bands. Yeah. Although, like, there's a meme joke that I try and show so many people, and I'm just like, yep, that's how I know we can't be friends. Oh, it's like a test? It's like a... It's basically... Uh, it's like you, <laughs> it says you if failed. you don't know the name of this punk rock band, oh, wow. you don't know punk rock, and it's just a picture of all the Kennedy brothers. Oh, really? Some people get it. Yeah, people don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I don't love that band. I I, I like the name. It's funny, you know. Mm -hmm. They they get real samey, you know. Like there's a thing that they do, and just it's, uh, it's over and over the same thing, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They definitely have that kind of like shoegazing kind of name. <laughs> so you get that. I like the Ramones. If I were oh. to say like the birth of punk rock here. Sure. Yeah. Yep, I did get to see the Ramones, but like late, like I saw the Ramones in 89, which really? is very late for the Ramones, you know? That is still yeah. kick-ass. Yeah. yeah, well they're on like their third or fourth drummer, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a double bill of the Ramones and the Bad Brains also doing some sort of like reunion or back together who's, thing. Who's that remaining Ramone who's been touring lately? 
Is it, are there any left? I think all I think the original like ones are dead. I think he was like a replacement Ramon, and now he's just like going with the name. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Because I saw a show with him. He was backing with the Misfits. Right. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, so, yeah, speaking of nostalgia, you, you psyched about Riot Fest? <laughs> I, I, I sadly actually just uh, refunded my tickets. Oh, oh, you're not getting... You're not going? I've seen almost every band there. Mm -hmm. um, the one I was going yeah. for was uh, MCR. And once I got that email that they weren't going to do it till 2022. That was it? That was the deal breaker? Yeah. I was like, I'll wait till 2022 to see if I still want to. And to see if MCR still wants to reunite. See, this is... You, you, got, you got to wait a while to feel old. You feel old when, like, the thing, the reunion that people are all excited about is canceled and that band wasn't even a thing when you were first into music. Like, I, I wouldn't, I don't know anything about My Chemical Romance, like nothing. Because I mean, they, they were together, like, after, like, my formative years of listening to music, you know? Like, they're not, they just don't register. I don't know what they are, you know? Really? Yeah. They're, like, emo <laughs> incarnate. Yeah. I well, love how the younger generation likes them, too. It's so weird. I have friends who were working in coffee shops that turned out to be, like, the the inventors of some of the inventors of emo that were yeah. younger than me you know like that i didn't know they were just like the stone guys at, at the coffee shop you know they turned out that they're like legends of music you know that is so good yep so it goes that's yeah it's just i didn't do anything for that i was just born at a certain time you know <laughs> Really shitty pale coffee with hell happening. <laughs> uh oh. That's just like a letdown. But there was some some kind of equipment failure. Probably. <laughs> I don't use the like brewer thing that much. I usually go for the French press. Oh. Uh, I'm doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go for things I actually understand. Like with French press, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I don't trust machines. What would have happened? You, you didn't put enough water in or something? or? I think it's an issue with the machine because it got too pale. Huh. Yeah, we've been having issues like that for a while. Uh, I, I change up, I mean, like I try to get like beans, like the supermarket by my house has a decent selection of like just local beans, you know, like Big Shoulders or Intelligentsia or like one of those, you know. I dig it. This is our only Starbucks one. We usually save it for the cold brew. Ah. It's just faster at this moment. Why are the gods working against me? <laughs> Can you open it? <laughs> the gods of coffee? Yeah. Oh, the, oh. I'm being judged because I got from a picked beer. Yeah, yeah, this this is, yeah, they're, they're jerks for, I like the ones where there's like a peel-off strip, yeah. you know, like, you have a, like, yeah, this is the easiest way to deal with this guy, because if you tear it, it's going to be like an uneven tear, you know? This should, this is going to be the same. 
kind of talking. You know? Come on, Starbucks. Starbucks is beautiful. Starbucks. Uh, the best thing about Starbucks is there's so many of them. It's a good place to use a bathroom. There's <laughs> not favorite. no places. In LA, they actually make you pay. Oh, to use the bathroom? Yeah. Really? I got really good when I was a cab driver finding all the you know, places with the accessible restrooms. Because <laughs> you, you have to, you know, for obvious okay. reasons. But, uh, yeah. Did you do that here? Uh, cab? Yeah. Uh, nine years. Where are the best Starbucks to go? Well, actually, the best places are... The, there, there's, like, it's, it's a matter of ones with parking lots. You know, the problem with you know, a car in the city is finding a place to pull over. There's also some good supermarkets. There's one that used to be, there's a Target there now, but it used to be on the way to Navy Pier on, um, on Illinois Street. Like before you get to Navy Pier, it's now a Target. Uh, but that was, it was like a gourmet supermarket and they had a loading zone like where you could leave your car with flashing lights and I, I was there like a couple of times a day, you know. Fox and Oval? Yes, that's the one. Fox and Ovelle, yeah. yeah. Yep. Sorry, like immediately you said that I was like... And that the fancy coffee there. place right near the bathroom, so of course inevitably you end up getting a coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. Or some fancy pastry on the way out. That was an expensive-ass store, man. Yeah, I'd only gone there like a few times, um, mainly to and from Navy Pier, mm -hmm. guys who were trying to impress me. Oh, that, that's where they take you? Yeah. Like, that was like the hot date spot? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll show her I'm sophisticated. Gotta like, love it when people try to yeah. do shit like that. <laughs> I'm not just eating whatever. Yeah, like I'm not just convenience store burritos like I was planning to do or it's where we go for our third date, you know, but... <laughs> I've had some pretty interesting, like, dates. I'd yeah. say going to the grocery store is one of the more fascinating ones. A guy took you to a grocery store? Yeah. One like just for, to do his own shopping? Just to hang out at Whole Foods once. It's oh. the one in Lincoln Park, the one that's with multiple levels. Oh yeah, the newer one? Yeah. Yeah, I heard, actually I'd heard that that was like a date spot. Well, because they have a bar and they have a coffee. Yeah, the bar and they, they have, have a the, taco area. It's like a place to cruise and pick up, like, you know, People ladies. wash. Yeah. Like, they would definitely be the more unique one. Yeah, like, yeah, lonely mommies that are there with their stroke, you know, with their children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it because my 21-year-old uh, niece works there now, and she agrees that it is definitely a date spot. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, she goes to DePaul, so... Oh, so that's, that's pretty convenient, yeah. Does she go in Lincoln Park or downtown? Lincoln Park. I know DePaul has some stuff downtown, too. Usually, um, according to her, the business school. And she's studying psychiatry, which is needed in this family. Very yeah. <laughs> she's just studying it just to, to help you all, like close relations. Honestly, but, but, that would never save us. Really, no? it's just like I've got experience in this field. <laughs> and that's how you know you're smart for sure. Mm. So where did you grow up? You didn't grow up around here, or? No, I grew up in Carroll Street. Carroll Street. Um, that that's kind of like where Billy Corgan is from. Although right. he's more like Glendale Heights, but he went to high school in Carroll Street, same high school I went to. Mm. 
Nothing else is famous from there. No. <laughs> Not a damn thing. Until you. <laughs> One day. Never know. Yeah. But you went, you went to school for history, right? Yeah. So how did, how did you get off track and end up in the, in the book racket, in the writing racket? How Dude, that's a question did, everybody asks. Where you start, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I've actually had to cancel, like, uh, cut it out of every textual healing Oh, oh really? Oh, because um, they, what, the guests ask you? Or? Yeah, they're like, oh, how'd you start? Um, no, I went to school. Well, since, since this is the thing about you, you're going to have to answer it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so you will just, like, have to make a podcast episode where I just explain it and then be like, please, nobody ask in the future. Mm. Go back to this episode. It's a deal breaker. This is, you, you get booted off the podcast if like, you I'll ask just, this like, question. Buzz it out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I started school in 2008. It already was a weird time as you know, the recession and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated high school early, um, so I had a whole year of going to uh, community college where I got a lot of my credits. So basically, I was like in there for like two, two and a half years. Yeah, community college that's smart. Yeah, it that's wasn't what really like. I didn't know what else to do because, like, as I said, like, I graduated at the end of my sophomore year. Where'd you go? Like, near your near where you grew up? or College, college? at DuPage. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, we call it the COD. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, I have a good friend who teaches uh, culinary there. She's like, she used to, she started a bakery in the city, but then, what, now she teaches pastry and stuff. Yeah. decent college. I mean, not where I wanted to go, but... Yeah. No, I made a lot of hard decisions yeah. at that age, so. Hmm. The reason I graduated early is um, I tried to commit suicide. Fun story, happy story. Don't need to go into it. <laughs> How old? 17. Hmm. And that was, that was the last of high school for you? Yeah, well, I never went High school's the back. worst fucking time. I don't trust anybody that, for whom high school was the best time, you know, like. Oh That's my not... god, when people say that, I was going to be like, oh, that I means you climax. The... Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to jump in front of a train almost oh. every day of high school. Do you have the L? I do have the L, yeah. It's the L with all the stops where I've lived in Chicago. That is so <laughs> rad. That's, I think that's the last one. I think that's the newest one, yeah. But no, um, I then went directly to college, community college, then college, college. Uh, so how did you get like a GED, like did you have to like just pass yeah, a test or something? Just pass a test. So you missed a year, the last year? A year and a half. I, I think you came out ahead. I think that was a good move. I feel like <laughs> I met I a lot I, of interesting I I skipped, people. I wish I had skipped senior year of high school. The people I actually <laughs> met like at the community college were the ones I eventually went back to after mm. I had dropped out of college. See, fun adventure story. I dropped out of college because I became really, really obsessed with the uh, Occupy movement. Mm. Right, so that would, it would be... What year was Occupy? It was like 2009, 2010. It hit its height in like 2011. Okay. Yeah. I'm like looking at the timer to make sure you're good with your coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This thing, yeah, who knows. We'll, we'll see if... Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'll have to just rely on my memory, <laughs> which... Yeah. You're like, hey, uh, she has amazing coffee in a big-ass bookshelf. The end. Yeah. <laughs> You're I, sitting beneath the Che Guevara painting. I, I know yeah. you gave me 1,200 words, but can we make the really extra 20-point font on this one? Exactly. <laughs> like, she has every known coffee made to man. Yeah. I have the thing for uh, 
cold brew coffee. I just didn't make any because, yeah. Where's your pour over? Where's the cup? Yeah. Oh, they're all yeah. up in there. Okay, cool. We Good. legit have That's a, a coffee cup. That's what I do. I mean, because I live alone, I, I do pour over. I, I have a French press, but I never use it anymore. I used to use it. But, uh. We became obsessed with it after we went to a bed and breakfast. Mm. I don't remember what it was called. Somewhere in the city. It was nice. Hmm. The French press? Yeah. <laughs> so we just started getting them, and it was fun. The so only thing I want is a Chemex. Oh, yeah, Chemex. Yeah, I've never had a Chemex, but yeah, I know a lot of people love the Chemex. Those are the rich people. <laughs> yeah. Just... It's all rich people shit. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> um, so you dropped out of uh, the community college to do the Occupy stuff? College, college. I college, college. community college. Then I went to Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. I have friends who teach there, too. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah, in creative writing, actually. Okay, I wouldn't know then. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's going to be hot as hell. Thank you. The guy that uh, ed helped edit the my new book and like the one before is the runs the graduate creative writing program at Roosevelt. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. <clears throat> So you dropped out of there to, to do what? To get into a more Occupy and also my dad got laid off from work which meant all the finances hit on me. Mm. It was a decision whether my brother was going to finish school or me and he was like at his senior year. Oh. And he was about to Because you're the youngest, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I'll do it eventually. But me being left liberal person, I was like, ah, fuck the university system, it probably won't happen. Mm. But that's when I started just hitting the road and traveling and meeting a lot of writers. So were you writing the whole time, or like, was that always I've a thing for you? writing, yeah, yeah, probably my whole life. Like, a lot of this stuff I wrote, like, in high school. And I, did you, were you, like, do you have, like, a diary, or, like... Oh, done? yeah. I, I figured. I have mostly I, notebooks, not diaries. Yeah, or like, well, whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, I don't mean like the little red book with the lock on it or something, but. <laughs> it would be interesting, but nobody gave me one. Yeah, that's always like, yeah, in the movies, it's always some like cool aunt or something, or the, the grandma <laughs> gives the girl like her first diary and it's like a big watershed See, I'm moment, never doing you know? that. <laughs> See, I don't even have to do it because my nieces are like all up on the tech world. So yeah. they just do the notepad on here. And there is also some diary apps. I'm sure. I'm sure there's an app for everything now. But yeah. But no, I eventually went back to school. So how long of a like gap? Five so you, years. Five or six years. Five, six years between the time you stopped at Roosevelt. Yeah. And where, where did you go to school after that? I did UIC temporarily. Um, and then I went back to Roosevelt. Hmm. I know. I just kind of jumped all over the place. Did you go back to Roosevelt for writing or for or history? Got his, my degree oh, history. in history and philosophy. Yeah. Huh. huh. Yeah, double majored. But then all along there was this writing. The writing yeah. problem persisted. <laughs> it just never went away. And then I did the uh, fellowship at. Uh, sorry, everyone's liking some tweet of mine. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, I put a thing out for people if they wanted to be Malden House editors. Oh yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are responding. Oh cool, that's good. To 
a lot of overqualified people. Shoulder, shoulder the some of the responsibilities. Oh yeah, especially because we're putting out more books, and I have the podcast and shit. That's good. Yeah, that's good. No, but like you know, the sites like that, like that's that's how you get going, you know. Mm-hmm. And then then somebody sees that, and then hopefully we'll eventually pay you, you know, to write stuff. That's that's how you do it. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. So when did uh, how far where in this that timeline does uh, Modlin House start? Um, Modlin's what six six years old five six six seven years old, Modlin House. I think it came out in either twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so I was like, on the road at that time. So like going on like eight years. Yes, it was when I finished my degree and the fellowship that I actually kind of slowed stuff down mm. with Modlin House. Hmm. Yeah, um, I didn't really tell anybody that, so they were just like, yo, why isn't anything new being posted really right now? Mm. So, I did eventually get everything out and caught up, and no one asks questions anymore. No? <laughs> it's just like, hey, it's back up, we're all good. Oh, so, oh um, yeah, I missed a step. So, so it slowed, like you started it, and it was going for a while, and then you stopped? Yeah, I, I'd say I stopped for a solid three months. Oh, okay. Where it's just like, you know, you're balancing, like, say, doing, like, a thesis for the fellowship yeah. and also doing the end of school. and. But how did you decide? Was it, like, at first just a, a place for you to put your writing, or was it... Oh, no, I no. never believed in vanity presses or anything. So what, what, was the, what was your idea with it? I was submitting to other presses, and this is the douchiest response you could ever give, but I'm going to awesome. tell you the honest one. Yeah. They were all so ugly. Oh, the other presses? Yeah. Like you wanted to make a site, you said, I I could make one that looks better than this. Yeah, I'm I'm really into programming (laughs) and making sites and stuff, so yeah. yeah. My boyfriend and I both do that, obviously. Yeah. That's cool for me to see, like, lately, especially in the last few years, like, you finally see websites where, like, it's obvious that somebody took more than five minutes. So many people do, like, WordPress templates. Just use a, use a, a template that somebody else made and you didn't do anything for you know like so then everybody's site looks exactly the same yeah i see people who still actually use weebly and wix and i didn't know either still existed fucking weebly sucks i, I had problems with weebly because of my web store because square bought weebly and then did it really yeah square bought weebly and then decided that weebly would handle their uh web store thing and it fucked everything up. Like the Square store was great. It was mm-hmm. super like rudimentary. There it was just bare bones. We believe just sucked. Like, and I yeah, it was it was terrible. Will you Shopify? Oh, you do. Yeah, we integrated that into our site. Yeah, I had this. I think it was last year when I switched shops. Well, These I are had, key I, track. I used to have a store, and now now it's a shop. <laughs> but uh, just because the extension was like, I didn't want them to, you know interfere but uh i eventually found that the the server that uh that hosts my website like partnered with some web design place mm-hmm. that had a, a a shop thing so it's now hosted on my website which is what i wanted anyways you know for a little while though i tried to like there's all this freeware stuff that you could like if you know coding you know could like integrate it and I spent a week just like tearing my hair out like nothing worked you know like it was just a disaster if you so, ever need a hand thank you 
Yeah, I, I have very, very rudimentary coding skills. Like HTML is about as far as I can go, you know? I can go just like a little bit more, yeah. but enough to make it look really nice. Like I, I didn't gra graduate to the CSS style yeah. sheets, you know? Like, See, that's the stuff my boyfriend can do. Right. I, I, I even got like an idiot's guidebook to one of those things, and I was just looking at it, and, I, you know, things would just start like floating in front of me like... Like, You're oh like God, the I'm back in brain meme. I, I'm in I'm in math class. Like this is over. Like I I hate school. Why am I doing this? You know, Ooh, or the conspiracy Keanu meme. Conspiracy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of deal. So okay, so you started modeling house just because everybody else's lit lit site was ugly. Right. That's, that's the secret. That's yeah. the dirty secret it's origin story. Of <laughs> I didn't like the way they looked, and uh, you don't say I really liked, and I'm shocked that they really aren't popular anymore. Is Thought Catalog? Thought Catalog. Yeah, I never, I never read that. I, I, I know about it, but yeah. They got really into uh, clickbaity articles, oh. and yeah. Well, I think what happens a lot of times if something gets popular, and then they're like, "Oh, maybe this could be a thing that could make money." And, but to make money, you become a, a clickbait farm or whatever the hell you call it. You See, know? I suck at monetizing yeah. things. I don't even know how to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of the light comes, he's the business side. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, like you notice on all these, uh, on the podcasts, you know, you either do like what you've done, like to Patreon or you do live at, you know, like you do live reads of, of sponsors. You know, those are the two choices, you know. We've had a few sponsor options. Yeah. Um, I wasn't into any of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like, yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna chill for like, like whatever dick pills or something, you know, like some, something gross that you don't want, you know, like. Was it Ben Tanzer was saying that he just got a weird sponsorship thing. And I think it was for like. Dick or ball things. I've known, I've known Ben for a long, long time. Yeah, I was just on his podcast, and we were talking about you on said podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's. It's weird. Like we we recorded one. And he's like, I'm saving mine for like some anniversary or something. <laughs> he's saving my mine for next month sometime. Some big like ten, or fifteen year. And he's been doing it forever. You know, he's even older than me. He just posted that. <laughs> um, he just got his hundredth thousandth download. Oh wow! Yeah, he's been doing pretty good. Cool, good my for him. My podcast will come out like a week before my book comes out. Sweet. Yeah. So right now Nate's just working on the uh, interior, and I guess I'll be doing the words for the back. <laughs> there <laughs> are blurred you, options, but I I don't know. You're gonna put up like some kind of like synopsis synopsis thing, yeah. yeah. Jacket copy or whatever they call it. Yeah. I don't like simple. Uh, synopsis is like your basic type. Um, yeah. I'd say my favorite synopsis I've seen is... It's a journey of self-discovery. <laughs> is, no, not that one. Buds. Yeah, he is the best one. <laughs> he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awesome. He offered to do a blurb, so did Noah Cicero. Oh, good. So, so are you gonna are you gonna? I don't know. Cash in those those virtual check those. I think those online checks or whatever. Maybe we'll just like do it for like the order site. Maybe I don't know if I want it on the book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like to just kind of keep it just literary on the book. Yeah. Keep it simple. 
So we'll see what happens. I have to pitch it to Nate and everything. Mm -hmm. He seems pretty like you guys have a pretty good working relationship so far on this. Yeah, I, I was pretty shocked that he wanted it, but... When did it come, when, when did it come about, like this oh, the whole agreement for this book? The agreement for the book? Yeah. I... Oh god, that's gonna bother the hell out of me. I want to say it's been like two years, but I just kept not sending it. <laughs> oh, but you guys had a plan for... Yeah. Well, well, at that point, so two years ago, what was there of this book? Uh, I mean, a good portion of oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, but I kept feeling self-conscious. I think I told you about one of the books that I went for for Bottle Cap Press that I which, ended up Which, I actually, I read all that stuff. Which one of them was the one that, that you took back? So tell me about your day so far. Oh, okay. Yeah, I felt like it got a little personal, and then I was like, nah. And <laughs> the guy, C.A. Mullins, was fine with it, and he's like, all right, it's your work. But mm. then I put it out on my own, like, a couple years later. Hmm. Yeah, I wrote it pretty quickly, and a lot of it was based off of work that me and my one friend did. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I always knew, I wasn't sure if you were going to, like, catch on to the four Johnny kiosk, and then obviously you read my whole book. Yeah. And there's a, a John character, and there's a Tyler kiosk. Mm -hmm. I did that to try and throw people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it didn't. Um, John is based off of Johnny kiosk. Mm -hmm. Tyler kiosk is based off of someone else entirely. Yeah. Um, who knows what people are going to take of it. Most people don't know Johnny Kiosk. Yeah. Um, his real name is Trey Ferris, hmm. and he died about four years ago. Hmm. Yeah. He was probably one of the greatest writers I've met. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how long did you know him for before, like? Probably the beginning of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be like back when you were still in school or no? I'd say like 2011, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Like around that whole Occupy time and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty fun when you're traveling all over the road and everything. Mm. And you hit like San Francisco or Houston and you're meeting other new people. Mm. And uh, I met him in Austin. And he was a writer and he was pretty into alt-lit, if you remember that movement. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, I know alt-lit. <laughs> Um, so I thought that's pretty interesting and I considered submitting to places, but in my mind I thought that I wanted to be a filmmaker first, mm. but then I came across another alt-lit person while I was making a film. Mm. So I was like, let's try it out. Try out this, this writing thing? Yeah. And yeah, and have you always kind of like gone from like the, there's poetry and then there's more prose kind of stuff? I kind of go goes back and forth. Prose. Yeah. Poetry just came... I, I don't know how to explain it. Poetry is just what people caught on to first. So mm -hmm. I was like, might as well run with it. Like you would post something somewhere and you'd get more of a reaction for the, for the poems? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, like, I'm, I'm really new to poetry. Like, it was... A, like, like, most of my life, I would just tell people I don't understand poetry. I don't know what that is. Believe me, I've heard a lot of people say that. And, but, like, in the last year or two, like, I've tried to get back into it. But also, actually, especially because I've been kind of brushing up on my Russian, you know, my first language. And, you know... That's a hard one to learn. I've been trying. But, ru yeah, Russian is all about the poetry. Luckily, though, like, it's a good way to learn, actually, because Russian poetry is... Almost all of it is, you know, like rhymed, metered, like there's rule, there's very simple rules. You can just tell by the rhythm of how it's supposed to go. 
I like that even though it's beautiful, it sounds angry no matter what. <laughs> Russian? Yeah. yeah, it could be like the most romantic poem ever, and then it would be like, Jesus, this guy is pissed off. Yep. It's like, oh no, they're just really in love. That's how we do it. That's how we express ourselves. <laughs> At least like, you don't sound as angry as German people. Yeah. Yeah, the, the sound, less harsh sound, less of the, what do they call the K and the K, you know, like. Yeah. German is all that. Plus, they have those endless words, you know. But no, I, I like Russian. I wasn't able to do a lot of my work if I didn't learn some Russian, but mm. never enough to be conversational. Just enough to like maybe like if I have the alphabet on one side and I'm like looking at a document, I'd be like, I could slowly parse through this, like Stranger Things. Mm. Just less plucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recently got like a a keyboard skin for for my MacBook mm. with the Russian letters which is pretty cool That's pretty so i can cool. just hit i can hit the tab is it the tab or whatever the caps lock and it switches into russian so i write like russian uh, email to my parents Ooh. just to practice you know <clears throat> but i don't like i don't know how to spell properly because i left when i was in, in the middle of first grade yeah. so uh it's hard it's definitely a hard one Right now I'm in the middle of trying to learn Russian and Turkish at the same time because okay. my boyfriend's Turkish and I'll be going there at the end of September, early October. Mm, cool. I like it. Yeah. Travel up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to do up until, mm. as I said, like a couple years ago when I started to do all the like <coughs> studying and writing and we kind of planted a flag and mm -hmm. pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, he wants me to go meet his family. That's going to be an interesting. Basically, there's a two-language barrier. Half of his family is in Turkey. The other half is in Bulgaria. Did he grow up in Bulgaria? Was he in... He came here when he was a kid, right? Yeah, when he okay. was like seven or eight. Yeah, like me. Mm-hmm. But in the, what, in the 90s or...? Like 97. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Is, he's about... He's like your age, pretty much? He's or? 31. I'm okay. 30. Right. Yeah, so you, you guys weren't alive when the Soviet Union was, basically. No, you were, you but were there right on the are fun pictures of them. Like, what? he's, like, um, on, like, a Lada and mm -hmm. everything and using fun little Soviet things. Sure. Because yeah, his parents, of all that. Yeah. you know, grew up in that kind of world. Yeah. Yeah, they would have had to speak Russian. Yeah. Because all those republics, they made them learn Russian, like Poland. I, I've made some Polish friends who really resent the shit out of Russian because they were made to, you know, that was the official language in school. Like yeah. even in Poland, you know, it wasn't Polish, it was Russian, you know? What is it? Um, That's what those fuckers did to their His their father yeah. had to go to St. Petersburg for college? Mm. Leningrad. Yeah. <laughs> it was still Leningrad then, yeah. I, when did they change the names? Well, at the end of the Soviet Union. Okay. Like right around 90, 91, something like that. Somewhere around that, it, it reverted back to St. Petersburg, yeah. I mean, it was St. Petersburg originally, yeah. But um, yeah. because they lived in Eastern Europe, they actually all had to have actually Slavic names, not Turkish names. Sure, um, yeah. Although they obviously identify more as Turkish and Muslim. What so happened is like... So he's ethnically, he's, he's Turkish? Or? Yeah. Okay. And once Soviet Union fell, almost all Turkish people ran back to Turkey, like, right. no way in hell. Yeah. But his actual name, he hates it when I tell anybody, is a Slavic name. Everybody was forced to have Slavic names sure. and then they would other names yeah. at home. So although his name is Belent Murad, Murad, 
His Slavic name is Borislav Moraltov. Yeah, I'm fucking the last name up. Yeah. First one's right though. Borislav. Mm. Borislav. I, know. I, have a, I have a brother named Boris. One of my brothers is Boris. I have a Boris and a Max. Love that. The Max was born in America. Boris is probably one of the most like Slavic names you yeah, can get. A, well, Dimitri and Boris, come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the, but, you know, when they were, when, you know, I was the first and they were really concerned, like, they wanted to give me a more Jewish kind of name because they were Jews, but that was, that was a big no-no there. Like, you didn't Not want Not in the USSR. You, you get beat up for that, you know, yeah. like, so that, so I got, I got the full-on Russian name, you know. Like, the word <laughs> pogrom actually came from Russia. So of course. Yeah. That, that's how we know how they feel about Jews. Yep. They, they didn't even have kind words really for Trotsky. No. <laughs> They're like, we love your ideas, we hate your religion. Well, you know, he just, he came out on the losing end. <laughs> you know? He really could've, did. Could have gone the other way, but, you know, and then... I feel like that with a lot of interesting leader types. It's usually the ones that I dig that end up coming out on the losing end. Well, it's it's a lot easier to sympathize with. <laughs> it's a lot more sympathetic, but yeah, once yeah. Hey, when a well, guy takes a nice pick, nice pick to the head. Do you ever uh, do you ever listen to that band from the eighties, Trotsky Ice Pick? No. There was a band called Trotsky Ice Pick. Kind of a new wavy kind of band. I'm adding that to my Spotify I bet there, there's probably some, some. I'm sure they're doing a reunion show somewhere. I think they're English, maybe a British band. Trotsky Ice Pick. I had a record once. <laughs> you would not believe how much. Oh, there we go. It all comes back. It all never. The internet digs it all up and excavates. There they are. They're probably still together. <laughs> I was gonna say you wouldn't believe how many Trotsky there's, bands there were. I'm sure they're playing at Riot Fest on the. Whatever. The God only knows. Off state, somewhere. The way we saw it <laughs> is if, like, when they release all the waves, if I still want to go, we'll just buy tickets then. Because mm. enough people drop tickets where, like, I'm sure. sure that they won't be a bad price. Yeah. And they're usually not that expensive towards, uh -huh. like, yeah. Like, they're usually, like, what, $100 a day? I have no idea. I've never gone. I'm not it's a festival a good guy. Time. Not a fan. I love festivals more than regular yeah. concerts. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. It's I just, also like music inside rather than outside. <laughs> you get better sound, I'll give you that. Well, yeah, because it's made for, it's not made for for being out in the open, unless you have, unless you're like Pink Floyd and have like the billion dollar sound system, you know? I remember I saw Blink-182 at Riot Fest and they had the exact issue with the sound. Yeah. Um, they didn't calculate the fact that there was going to be wind that day. Mm. So nobody could hear shit, except sure. the people singing next to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, you know, I mean, to me, the ideal place is like the empty bottle. That's about as big a place as I like that music place. need to be in. Or like a jazz club type size place. That's, I yeah, I, I like to feel like I'm in the room with the people and that they're like the scale of humans, you know? like It's hard because, to find well, I, bands that'll do that place, though. But then, yeah, but the, well, you got to catch them early. Yeah. You know, before, on their way up. I saw the white stripes of the empty bottle. Holy shit, really? Yeah. What? I walked out on them because I just, I, I thought they weren't very good. And Sacrilege. it's like, why, why is this guy trying to sound like Robert Plant? Like, this is stupid. And I left, and the next thing you know, they're on the cover of Rolling Stone. They're the biggest band in the world. So don't hire me to Dare be. Dare I ask how old you were when this happened? 30? 
think you walked out. Thirty, thirty-one. Well, the, see, I was spoiled because I worked at the at the restaurant next door, so I oh. I got into the bottle for free. But like, yeah, they were not not my thing. <laughs> yeah. I need connects like that. I saw Cage the Elephant at actually uh, Shubas. Ah, Shubas, lots. Of, Shubas was a place that I saw. It was. I wrote about it in the in the music book where it was the first show I went to after I turned off all the social media. Really. And it was a pitchfork after, after party. Well, you know how they do all those shows. Yeah, in the like clubs. the secret shows yeah, afterwards. The quote-unquote secret shows that everybody knows about. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's that band Proto Martyr. Do you know them? No. They're great. They're from Detroit, and it was them and uh, Bully, which is a there was a female-fronted band, indie rock band. But uh, it was the first time, like, because my thing was always to take my sketchbook and draw the bands playing and then I would post it to Twitter but see I, that would be hard to do at a music festival I had no Twitter anymore I had no it was actually Instagram by then because I tried Instagram after I quit Twitter it was like the methadone to the Twitter's you know it's heroin so weird. I went and off there, of Facebook yeah. off of Instagram onto Twitter mm, yeah yeah see I, I did my seven years in the Twitter salt mines, I feel like I put in the time, you know? I, I feel like I still have to do it. Yeah. No, I know. Well, but it creates that, like, being on it creates, the, like, the urgency, you know? Like... <laughs> yeah, I've always been able to connect with younger people a lot mm. easier. Mm. I think Gen Z is my audience. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I speak their language. Like, I get different um, reactions. I went for... Um, the Only Living Girl in Chicago mm -hmm. to be a little bit more it, it is supposed to be like sad and like about like the notion of like location and isolation and everything mm -hmm. but there is supposed to be a dry sarcastic humor and the only people who actually ever caught that were yeah. Gen Z people huh. I know yeah no, a lot of people are like Zoe seems like such a bitch but then oh, I talked yeah. to like the under 20 song who said she was a bitch Oh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to quote people. Why not? <laughs> D.T. Robbins. Okay. So that's a writer, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he does... Okay, he actually runs a bunch of presses. I'm not even going to try and narrow it down. Is he the rejected letters yeah. guy? Okay. And he does Twin Pies Lit. That one I don't know. He doesn't do it as much, but he did it as a joke because we both love Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, like, one of the reasons I, I pitched this to the reader, like, talking to you is because it, it feels like you're part of, like, this kind of community that's, it's whatever after outlet, you know, is, you know, or like, community the thing without after. a name. Right. So, what it, it, one of you is going to come up with some name, you know? I call us metamodernists, but no. I'm not sure if anyone else is down with that. Yeah. Zach Smith calls us, um, oh, damn, cyber writers. Cyber writers? That feels too like Angelina Jolie and Hackers. I can't dig it. Yeah, or whatever. Like, what are you, like Blade Runner or something? Or I like, know. Are you a half robot? Not Let's really. Let's just go metamodernist. People will love us more. <laughs> we sound like a legitimate writing yeah. movement then. I don't know, but yeah, the thing with all, all those the labels and names is nobody in, inside, like, doing the actual writing wants to be pigeonholed anyways, you know, like... Yeah. You know, the the writer artist, the reflexive kind of reaction is fuck you, I'm doing my own thing, you know? You're not gonna box me in. 
Truth <laughs> be told, though, anyone who is huge in the alt-lit movement has, like, long gone and has been kicked out of the literary movement. Well, yeah, yeah, because they don't know how to behave themselves. Basically. A lot of them. <laughs> and the ones who didn't or, know how to behave themselves were like, let's rebrand. Well, yeah, the other ones, you know, or have enough fun, you know, like, if you're Talon, you're not going to ever worry about anything. He's got money. Oh, yeah. He always had money, though. Yeah, he's got, like, he's got mom and he's dad. He's so He can do whatever the fuck he wants. So yeah, he can be as big an asshole as he funder. wants. Uh, you know, it, it obviously comes with its own problems, but I guess it got, it, he had enough money to quash his bad press or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, that went away. They were, they were trying to pull, flesh, flesh the... What was the scandal he had? The handle, there, there was a lady, there was like a lady a problem. Like a statutory rape situation? There, there was some kind of, like, drug rapey thing that he did. Yeah. I forget which one. Some, some uh, uh, a writer that was known on that, in that scene. It seems that like they had a thing and that a year before yeah. the Me Too movement, we had a huge purge in yeah. the literary world. Yeah, and yeah, always got these like poet guys that seem not to understand how to behave themselves. Oh yeah, I've met a few of those. I'm sure. I, I bet you have. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't fucking understand it. For any of the like, this is not generational. It's every fucking generation. Mm-hmm. Got these people that like. How how difficult is to is it to listen to what a person tells you, you know? Or to not hit on them. Well, hit on them no and, and you get rejected and then, and then you go away. It's okay. They don't. They yeah. don't. Or like this idea that like the woman or whoever it is, the object of their desire is so, uh, has so like mesmerized them that they can't control themselves. Like that means you have a mental problem or exactly. impulse control. That's not like... None of these people have magic powers over you, you know? Like, if you can't, like, not take your pants off, you have a problem. It's got nothing to do with the person you're attracted to, you know what I mean? Like, There's definitely, like, a quid pro quo thing, too. Even I, as someone who's been seen as, like, oh, my God, I don't want to say, like, a gatekeeper. Well, yeah, but you are. I mean, you have a, you have a literary site and a publishing thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not quite a giant in the literary world but hey who knows you're on your way yeah i'm a five foot giant (laughs) but no i've even had it where i've actually like pitched some things to this one guy who's not even in the world Uh anymore but it's because other people eventually complained about him i didn't but anytime i actually pitched things to him he's like this is really great so you ever gonna come down and visit me Oh, wow. And just, like, creepy shit like that. Or, hey, I might be in Chicago one of these days. Maybe we could hang out. And, oh, maybe I'll post this. But, you know, what are you going to do for me? Creepy shit. I know it's not, like, quite as bad. But it's one of those, like, it's the gateway thing. It's like you're just one step towards and maybe have done it to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, people that are like that, they're going to kind of, like, poke, poke, poke until just to see what the reaction is. And then they'll further you know if they can it sucks as a girl i wish i was stronger than a lot of the other people i just kind of listen to it and ignore Mm. it right because that's what you're conditioned to do to be agreeable and kind of like not to yeah like i don't want to stir the pot or piss people off but i have definitely dealt with that i think a lot of people don't realize it because i don't talk about it yeah so some of the more badder bitches though they're able to do it yeah uh I, I mean, I think it's to each person according to whatever their personality. I don't think it's everybody's job to call out everybody on everything. You know what I mean? I 
tried it once <laughs> and it was yeah. not a very fun experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, because you're going to get blowback and you're also going to have to keep talking about it when maybe you don't want to, you know? Or, oh, no, definitely. You know, and also, it's not like the most important thing that's happened in your life. You know, it's a shitty thing that happened, but it's not the thing, you know? My publisher, who did um, the one book at the bottom, the poetry book, I Want to Feel Happy, But I Only Feel, mm -hmm. I'm only cool sharing it now because it has a new editor-in-chief. Okay. But um, the main guy, Manny Monero, mm -hmm. around the time that Brett Kavanaugh was about to be, that was just a nightmare in general. Yeah. That he wasn't heavily good. <laughs> sympathized with Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. And then he actually started to say that he felt he bad. He was super into date rape or like, um, or what? He like went off. He was like, I feel <laughs> bad for Louis C.K. for having to masturbate in front of all those ugly bitches. And I was like, dude, I can't support this, man. So I even asked him to take my book down and he wouldn't. And oh, wow. I haven't been that paid sucks. royalties for that for like six years. Even though he continues to sell it. Oh, he does? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. But they just got a female editor-in-chief, and I'm no longer blocked from them, even though they've been... Blocked? Oh, yeah, they what? blocked me. Oh, really? Yeah. Blocked on what? On, like... Email, email? and really? Twitter, and Instagram, and Facebook. For trying to get your money that you wrote? Um, finally, on one of my other Twitter sites, this? I tried to contact him, and... Yeah, he said even, like, worse shit to me. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to try this again. But the initial time that I tried it, um... I got death threats, rape threats, and basically like he called me out to all of his friends. For what, like, what did he say? That, that I was a slut and that I was one of those annoying feminists who can't let things go and I don't have a sense of humor. Because which, of Brett Kavanaugh? Yeah, and Louis C.K. and shit yeah. like that. Which is so funny because he seemed like a feminist because if you actually look at the cover, mm -hmm. it's actually... Uh, styled after a feminist book valerie oh my god i can't forget remember her last name she shot warhol solanus yeah yeah so she, it's... Shot, she shot warhol yeah yeah there's a movie coming you know i shot it. is there a there's movie? a movie there's a biopic about her yeah well oh, i won't watch it's that it's pretty good yeah i think it was from the 80s or maybe early 90s yeah she's in america horror story american oh, horror okay. story oh they did that yeah and uh lena dunham plays her uh. very fitting but yeah, so that's why I was kind of shocked by his very anti-feminist vibes, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, you find out, yeah, unfortunately, just because you're into literature or art or whatever, it doesn't make you a decent person. I mean, you hope so, but it doesn't. It just fucking doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah. I also worry because I'm, like, someone who's really good at, like, talking to guys, that I'm so easy at, like, kind of being one of the guys that they mm. don't know that I have those feelings. Mm. Or I have to, like, kind of correct them. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's up to them to become big boys and take it, you know? And Many don't want to. Nobody's born knowing everything. You have to learn things, some things the hard way, you know, by being exactly. told. It's not the end of the world. It's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I learned that stuff all the fucking time. Same here. <laughs> I learned sometimes you just got to shut up. Mm. That's a very, that's a lesson a lot of people don't know. Or to, like, learn how to listen, you know? Uh, that, too. Yeah. Or, not like, to learn not to argue certain points. Like, as you know, I'm very leftist in my politics. I can survive really quickly if someone is not yeah. going to listen to that argument. So I'll just be like, 
Okay, we're good now. That was a question I had actually about the leftist politics. I don't All right. like so it's really interesting to me just from what I come from, like people yeah. that are into leftist politics, I have a different perspective on it. It's interesting because what's seen as almost socialist policies here are almost just kind of normal democratic policies in Europe. Well, yeah, it depends. Yeah, what part of, well, where I come from, it's, it's, it's not democratic policies. It's, no. No, it's a... The version of communism that you grew up in yeah. was kind of bastardized, not kind of, totally bastardized by the Stalinist regime. Whereas um, I'm a fan of Lenin's new economic plan where he tried to blend a little bit with free market and yeah. obviously regulation because he understood that you couldn't just like rush it all together and regulate everything and cause an insane ass famine. So, so where did that come? Like where, where, where did you get start being interested in that? Like it's always interesting like to me, like somebody in America being interested in, in that stuff and sort of thinking it like, Thinking it's good. <laughs> Believe me, I I really do have to say in I do not so like, vibe there, with the USSR at all. What? I don't vibe with the USSR. I at hope all. not. But like weirdly enough, there are people there are people that apologize for it. Well, there are pe in Russia. There's a huge nostalgia movement for. There's people really? that Stal that Stalin's back. Like they love Stalin. They want him back. You know. Well, they've got a new Stalin now. I was like, just you saying, know, wasn't what's his face from the KGB? Yeah, Putin. So, yeah, he was. He was a. He was an. KGB agent, but like, yeah, he's, he's but there's, there's a huge, era. there's a nostalgia, everything comes full circle. People think, there's all these people that think things were better back then. I actually yeah. heard my boyfriend's mother say it during the epidemic when all the shortages and everything yeah. happened. She's like, it's almost this, better when we're... Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's interesting to me when people get into it that were born here and grew up here. And I think part of it, my theory is that it's sort of like... Maybe part of it's like gra grass is greener on the other side, but like from the vantage point of America, I can see some how those ideas might seem attractive. Well, because more. yeah, we're capitalism on steroids. We're late yeah. stage capitalism. Yeah. Whereas I think we just need regulation towards certain things. Oh sure. But I don't think you really need to deprive or take from other people in order to do it. Yeah. Well, up until. Recently, I thought we were really in a post-scarcity society, and the <laughs> epidemic just ruined that shit. Pandemic ruined yeah. that shit. Yeah. Uh, I liked mostly what I read from Marx. Uh -huh. But who turned you on to that, like, originally? Somebody in high school, or...? I don't think how, it was any friend or anything. Friend? Yeah. Yeah, just kind of started reading about it. Huh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, in your book, in the new book, there's a lot of references to, to your p political views, but you don't... Maybe, maybe in another book you could go into that more, you know? Like I actually wrote a whole book about you, my political views, oh, and then you I was like, it you almost should. comes off as a manifesto, and then I'm like, nah. Well, you know, you, you got to sprinkle some jokes into it and then, like, to make <laughs> it go down a little easier, but... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to beat people's, people over the head with it, but sometimes in your book, I, I wasn't sure, aside from making a statement, and then there's that tension of, you know, you've got, like, uh, you say leftist beliefs, but there's all this stuff about, you know, all these brands, like Starbucks and all. There's a lot of stuff with brands, you know? I Which joke is such around a so often yeah. that, like, I'm a socialist living in a capitalistic world. Yeah. And it's like, how are you going to survive? Obviously, you do it much better without technology. 
I, I just pick and choose. <laughs> but no, I, I believe in free market. Mm. Um, just regulations, though. Yeah. There has to come a point where we finally start. It's funny, yeah. I mean, like, there's this, there's this thing with, like, during the Cold War, and then, and still, when people talk about it, as if the Soviet Union and America were opposing forces, but the trade never stopped. Like, they always had trade the whole fucking time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reason that. I'm in America, and a lot of people, like Jews, are in America. Is they made a deal for grain, you know, the grain, yeah. grain Jews. That's I'm trying what, to remember when that actually. It was a started. deal in the '70s. Yeah. You know, because they had, a, because the Soviet Union, since they were functioning on this fucked up war economy, their whole history. It's one of the reasons they had to invade Africa and other, other countries. They would just plunder all the natural resources. Because I remember they, reading they, that a lot of. Uh, non-Jewish Soviets would actually go to get papers so they can say they're Jewish to get out of the USSR. At the end of the Soviet Union, it was like one of the only times in history where people were pretending to be Jews rather than not Jews, as in most of history. When kind of like O.J. Simpson. He was the first guy to get off of murder because he was black. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great document. Did you see that series, the HBO series? The O.J. Simpson made in America. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's like the history of America, but just through the lens of O.J. Like, it was sort of like the, get, you know, kind of gate into what, into our, like, internet, into the internet age, because he was just on the cusp of that. It was before the internet, you know? Do you ever wonder OJ. what the hell he's just doing right now? The juice is loose. He's scamming somebody out of something, you know? He's like, yeah, there's no going back, you know, once you've gone wrong. The weird th I mean, he's such a bundle of contradictions, you know? My he, question is, did he ever pay the Goldman family? Who the fuck knows? But he, he sucked up to every, like, white, like, right-winger in the world, basically, you know? And he was a, basically a spokes whore for all these corporations, you know? You gotta do he's what like, you gotta do when you're yeah, OJ. He, yeah, well, he, you know... He tried to be white so hard. <laughs> what is it they used to call him? The mayor of Brentwood? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm not black, I'm OJ. Right. Um, yeah, he, he, he made it like white people felt like it was, he was like the okay, the black guy that they could trust. You know, but... <laughs> Damn, he ruined that one for himself. Yeah, because the one that turned on the white people. Now we can't trust black people again. <laughs> came so close I know it's funny I know like so close to the colorblind society and the fuck OJ fucked it all up for us it's so <laughs> wild I still actually encounter a lot of people who insist that he didn't do it oh yeah 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 well but you know there's a whole bunch of people that you know are flat earthers now you know so I, I guess I guess thought that was a joke until I went on to Reddit I did not know that's the thing is well you learn and after four years of a fucking reality show clown being president there are no jokes left nothing any any joke you can make somebody legit believes it you know like I remember after yeah. the whole insurrection attempt I spoke to one of my mom's friends because my mom was still trying to get a grasp on it because she's clueless to anything news They're all like Black Lives Matter actors pretending to Antifa. be... Yeah, Antifa. Yeah, Antifa, Black... whatever. Or insert, uh, insert whatever you hate New into... World Order people. I was like, do you people Which, even know what that's supposed to be? Yeah. Well, you know, all, yeah, all their beliefs come from pro wrestling. Jesus Christ. I swear to God, every time I think of Trump, I actually think of his one uh, time when he actually appeared on WrestleMania. Sure. Well, that's, yeah, that's where he... 
that's where he learned how to do all that stuff. I'm still terrified that he's going to try and come back in 24. Let's hope he doesn't live that long. I don't know how he's alive. Like, he's a guy that lives on cheeseburgers. He doesn't... Maybe he has, like, a blood boy. Maybe. You know, he's like Dick Cheney on his seventh heart. You know, like, just replaced with... I'm just imagining him literally having a vein chair with, like, a 16-year-old healthy man being like, just give me your youth. Yeah, you could be like Keith Richards, get a full, like, all your blood replaced, you know, like... Hey, he looks damn well for his age, shockingly. Well, you know, he can afford it. <laughs> Money does everything. Any ten of us would have died a thousand times over putting all the garbage that he put into his veins, you know, but God. not Keith, Keith, nothing will kill him. Like cockroaches have nothing on him, but... <laughs> like, we could literally drop a nuclear bomb on him and he'd be like, what? Yeah, he'd write another cool guitar riff <laughs> in his sleep. <laughs> So apparently, like, that's one of his stories. He came up with, like, the riff for, like, I forget what. One of the big Stone songs, like, he woke up and he had written down, like, this, this I think a lot of us do that in general, I hope, with writers. Yeah. Most of my yeah. shit doesn't make sense when yeah. I wake up and then I read it later. Yeah. So when did, when did Modlin House uh, change to publishing books from... from did it start as, as a, just a Z? Uh, is Manic Pixie or Manic Depressive Dream Girl in that pile? Uh, yes. That's Whatever year one. that came out, yeah. And is that the, like, like you saw this and then you, you said, I want to put Actually, that out as a book or no? writer came to us. Yeah. And said, you should put this out? Uh, she like, said that which, she only trusted us. Really? The story. Yeah. That's cool. We published some short stories that ended up being expert, excerpts of it. Mm. And I was like, this is pretty amazing. Took her a while to read it, uh, write it. She was in the process of writing it. And, um, well, the joke of it all actually is that she also has bipolar disorder as well, just like mm. I do. That's it's, what you bonded over? <laughs> well, actually, it's funny. She didn't know I had bipolar disorder yeah. until I met her. And then I just wanted to be like, hey, just want to let you know that this is why I really love the book. And she's like... I could tell, totally tell you that I knew that from the internet, and I was like, what hmm. the fuck am I putting out there? But no, she ended up actually having to go inpatient about halfway through the book. Mm. But she had it all done by the time she was out. So you, she used it as like a writing residency? Kind of, yeah. I had a friend who, she, she had a lot, a lot of many problems, but... I never saw her happier than when she was in, in a rehab place because it was like a supportive cocoon where people listened to her and watched her all the time. She loved it, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, you know, a few years after that she died. It wasn't intentional. It was just like liver failure. She was, she was an alcoholic and, and, and she had a, a food disorder. Basically, she got all the nutrients from red wine oh. and you can't really live, no, you know, like, yeah, she, she lived to... Uh, 42, 43 or something that way. Yeah. Yeah. We red keep wine trying and popcorn. to scare the shit out of my one sister because she's basically that. that. Thing? Yeah. Yeah, it, she's really big into alcohol as well. She, we find her like just drinking alone in her car. Mm. So. That's, that's not good. <laughs> no. That's what happens when you have a very big family. A lot of people to keep tabs over. How many do you have? You have like 17, 18 siblings? Or like, We're not that Irish. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the youngest of five kids. 
But it is funny because it keeps on going down. My mom is like not the youngest. She's like the second youngest of eight kids, and then her mother is like from like fifteen kids, and it just keeps going you on. Yeah, like gradually getting the breeding under control. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> See, like me, I yeah. probably only have two. But right now, I have eleven nieces and nephews, and Wowzers. one on the way. So how, what's the age, what's your oldest uh, sibling, how old are they? Her name is Melissa, and this is going to disappoint the whole world. I don't know. <laughs> well, what, like 15? She's born in 72. Okay. So, Se so yeah, 72 would be, what, like 20, almost 20 years split? Or? Yeah, about there, yeah. I know she was definitely much older when I was born. I didn't even know I had her as a sister growing oh, up because, because she was, she was out of the school. house. Yeah. yeah. It my, wasn't until she like came home once and my mom was like, "Your sister's gonna come over and she's, she's gonna like, split your this? room." Yeah. And I was like, "I have another one." <laughs> like there is convincing there. <laughs> so are you closer to the ones that are closer in age to you, or no, or are you? Shockingly, the alcoholic. No. Oh, the alcoholic's the one you. Yeah. You're closest to. She's the one who introduced me to good music. Mm. She was really like she's a Gen Xer, so I'm ninety percent sure she's the greatest might have slept generation. With Billy Corgan. <laughs> Gen X. We're, oh yeah. We're the best. <laughs> she's had a good time in life. That's all yeah. I know, and she's definitely taught me a lot. Never the bad lessons though. Usually the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, before going to college, it was definitely, like, just good advice. Yeah. Nothing like, oh, my God, you're going to get me in trouble advice. Yeah. But that and my brother until we went to high school because um, he went to football camp mm. before we started, and he just came home an entirely different guy. Mm. I don't know what they do to you in football camp, but... <laughs> you probably don't want to know. <laughs> I don't either. He just came home like a very bro-y guy. Yeah. Before he was very quiet and red and you could talk to, and now even to this day, I'm just like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Usually like after like five beers, then his real personality will come out like accidentally. Huh. Yeah. So he's pretty bro-y. I'm the only non-preppy person really yeah. from my family. So everybody else have some sort of like more kind of socially acceptable career type deal yeah my uh oldest sister melissa's lawyers, a lawyer lawyers you said right yeah. yeah matt's a lawyer my brother mike i joke around and say he has the chandler job from friends because i don't really what know what he does oh, oh nobody knew what chandler did I don't yeah know. i didn't watch that show much so I don't yeah know. that was the joke because like they do like a jeopardy between friends and everyone's like what does chandler do for a living and everyone's like so I don't know what my brother Mike does for a living at all. Huh. I know he makes money. Good money. Probably richer than everybody else. Find shockingly. out he's like a drug kingpin or something. Or like that would be the coolest. <laughs> Arms dealer for He like seems like the most fucking, clean yeah. cut in the family, which would make it that, even that's better. The, that's, how you, that's how you do it. Yeah. And my <laughs> sister Megan was a nurse and uh, obviously not anymore. Yeah. Now she just lives with my parents with her kids and... Oh. She's more degenerate than me, but she was for a long time doing much better than me. Oh, yeah. 
our rankings go. Now you, oh, you pulled ahead of her. In yeah, the, I the, pulled ahead of her. The, 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 the race of the unless she becomes like <laughs> really good. Like she managed to get married and have kids. Mm. I still haven't done that, so wow. there's time. If that's what you want. <laughs> I want a dog. That's I have a cat that's, hiding in the bedroom right that's now. That's training wheels, dogs. You know, yeah, that's why I always think. You do. <laughs> and my theory is like if I end up loving the dog so much, I'd be like, you don't need a human to get in your way. You don't have to save for college or anything. Oh you my know? god, I can't and, even imagine and, doing and that. And they will never hate you the way that your children will. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. Like I want a husky that can just run around and play with me and go hiking and shit like that. Yeah, and they'll, they'll love you their whole life. You know, and the biggest joke is... Because you give them food. Ever since we <laughs> moved here, my cat has switched allegiances from me to my boyfriend. Really? He wakes up earlier, oh. so he feeds her. Yeah, my goal is if okay. we get a dog, I'm going to get that one to be mine. Ah. <laughs> yeah, those are the weird things you get when you're in a relationship for too long. I guess so, yeah. Mm. Like when you actually get into arguments and I just end up being like, well, we're going to get a goddamn husky and it's going to love me better than you. We don't even have cool arguments anymore. That's okay. How long have you two been together? Our anniversary is in two weeks and we'll be at about 10 years together. Congratulations. That's pretty great. Thanks. That, that's that's a, quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I really upset him the other day because I told him that I was actually going to break up with him the first month that we were dating, <laughs> but it just worked out. He let it slip that his mother would never like it if he dated a non-Turkish girl. Oh. So immediately I was like, like no, I don't want to do that. But you never that. actually went through with it? No, I never went through with it. I met his mother. She ended up liking me. I could tell that there's still aspects about me she doesn't like, but... But now you get along? Sort of? Sort Maybe. <laughs> if she's saying she doesn't like me, she's not saying it to me. But there still are those like kind of like everybody loves Raymond moments where she'll just show up and want to start cooking or teach me to cook. Oh wow. And they're always very heavily Bulgarian dishes. Stuff that like I would never have thought to make. Hmm. Yeah. Do you let her or no? <laughs> yeah, I kind of let her. I'm just like, alright, I have nothing better to do. Do you like cooking? No. <laughs> that's like the biggest so joke. That's what, is yeah, you let her, but like you're yeah. not gonna ever do it again. Like it's not like you're it's gonna like make this any. This is our response. bonding moment. <laughs> but my boyfriend, he's a great cook, and he actually likes doing it. So that's good enough. Yeah, but see, with their age range, I I don't know how his parents are like fifty. They definitely believe still in that like old fashioned like I should be the one cooking and sure. cleaning. Sure. Yeah. But. Does he have siblings or no? He has one sister. Oh, okay. And she's very similar to us as in we really are disappointing the fuck out of his parents. Um, she's just different because she doesn't tell the parents what she's doing. Mm. But she That's tells us. That's probably a good strategy, yeah. Is she younger or? Yeah. yeah. She's about my age, maybe a year younger. Oh, okay. Is right she, now she's... She's around here or? No, she's living as a nomad right now oh. across Europe. Wow. Yeah. It's funny, her parents would be pissed if they knew what she was doing because she used to work at Facebook. Mm. And she quit the job to become a nomad. So. She could probably still work at Facebook and be a nomad. I morning. think she could right? too, yeah. right? Most of these jobs, especially like where 
Do you really have to be in the wherever Facebook is? She was able to do mobile working the entire pandemic. Yeah. And she said that they're permanently doing it. So I'm just yeah. like, anytime you're in a place with internet, do your work for the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't get like why most of these companies would waste their money on rent or buying real estate when all you need is a screen, you know, like in a good internet connection, you know. What's really weird is she originally got her job here in Chicago and then she moved to California, but um, she was being paid less in Chicago because the cost of living here is less. But when she went to California, sure, yeah, but she was just staying at her friend's place, so she didn't actually have any expenses really. My friend Tracy did kind of the opposite. She got a job here uh, at some marketing firm. Like she does, she builds websites like for you know. Uh, PR campaigns and stuff, mm-hmm. but she works. She moved since moved to Cleveland, and has her same job. But she just works at home. But in Cleveland, she was able to buy a house because yeah, it's you can't so see much that cheaper here. in Chicago. Yeah, but it's a, yeah, it's all it's all relative, you know. But Chicago is much cheaper than any other major city. Oh know? yeah, that's what one of the reasons I stay here. I, I mean, I love Chicago, but yeah, I couldn't live the way I live here in New York or San Francisco or LA or definitely not San Francisco any, or New York none of those places not even Boston which is where my parents live I was just there last week see we're thinking of LA we're gonna see what the prices are after we go in a couple weeks LA sucks we have a lot of writers <laughs> there that we tend yeah. to have beers with but other than that and yeah I have no idea what the prices are like there it's expensive my my baby brother just bought a house there, but he makes a shitload of money. Does he have to do like one of those cool tech jobs or? He doesn't have a tech job. He has a consulting thing that he does, but. Don't you love when they have those vague jobs yeah. like that? Uh, but he's yeah he's it's a you know speaking of like you know people and families who is the fuck up like in our family it's all opposite. I'm the oldest, but I'm the only one with no like real job and like living like a college student my whole life, you know. Here's to both, us. Both my brothers, especially the little one, like makes a shitload of money, you know, and has like almost from the jump, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he didn't go to grad school. He went, he got this job out of undergrad. He went to UC Santa Barbara mm. and stayed. He's been in California the whole time. I take it. And uh, yeah, he just bought this house in Redondo Beach, I think, or. One of those beaches. Redondo? Redondo? I don't know. There's a few. There's Long Beach. There's it just out. It's kind of part it's of L.A. Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's about this house. It's their first house. He's married. His, his wife uh, works at the aquarium. That's a very different level, I feel. It's different. Yeah, but like she's worked at several, but, and she's actually one of those ones that like dives into the tanks. and. Like, okay, like, then you know she's good. Yeah. Like yeah, he married a mermaid, basically. <laughs> no, they're, they're cool, cool, but like it's such a different life, and it's you know you have you have to have a car to get anywhere. It's just a metastasized suburb. You know? I feel like, like if I were to continue to live in these suburbs, that's exactly what I would need is a car. Yeah. Do you drive? Or? I do drive, okay. um, but my car is broken right now, so my boyfriend has the working car. Ah. No, yeah. it's the running joke. I keep getting into car accidents oh, that right. are not caused by me. Ah. Okay. I, no, it is actually I funny. Assume. I keep accidentally yeah. getting into these things. And I love my car. It's a Mini Cooper. 
It's me-sized. My ex had that. I, I drove a Mini Cooper a lot. Yeah. Did you ever like put it in sports mode? No, what, what sports mode? Maybe that's a newer feature? Maybe. It yeah, takes it was... like almost like a Tesla where it takes it like really fast suddenly. Mm -mm. When did, yeah, when, let's see, what, what what year was hers? Well, we got, yeah, this is, yeah, we you know, broke up like six years ago, but hers was, she had it when we first got together, which is 2010. Mm -hmm. So hers would be like an 08 or 09 probably. Mine was a 2011. Crowd. Okay. I don't remember any sports mode. So it was like a turbo, like whatever. Yeah. Like, oh. Especially if you're like at a stoplight or something, you just click it and then you just like. No. Past everybody. I wish. I was annoyed that, you know, like it was a stick shift. Oh, I couldn't do a stick shift. Yeah, she was all into the stick shift. Stick I would have been grinding just, and everything the whole time. I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm a really good driver, but it's just, it's extra work. I don't get. There's these people, like the hardcore driver people, insist on stick shift because, you know, every no. movement is controlled, you know? I it's can't sometimes just that. control people with control issues, you know? See, Especially in a city, like, it's I so stupid. I feel automatic every time. Yeah. I love driving through the city. Oh, my God. Do Lakeshore Drive and everything. Yeah. Best scene mm -hmm. you can get. We just need to chip away the Trump letters and it gets even better. That would be nice when those things fall into the river. Like, I'm not sure what's keeping us from doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, those buildings, like, it's not like he owns them. It's just branded. Yeah. Like, whoever is losing, and that money, that, that building's been in trouble since day one. Yeah. It's half empty, and, like, there's all kinds of problems in there. As long as it has yeah. the Trump name, it's not going to do any better. I kind of like that building until they... they yeah, it's really pretty. ...fucking letters... It reflects the light in a really interesting way as the light changes. I would say my you know, most famous profile picture is yeah. me like standing like over the river, yeah. like right by it. And then they, they ruined it by putting that fucking thing on there, you know? If you remember, there were actually protests before <laughs> yeah. they put the yeah. title on. Mm -hmm. That was before he was president. <laughs> right. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's, I don't think it's even, it's really up to him. It's up to whoever the creditors are, whoever owns that building when they decide that that name is doing them more harm than good. Or you know? a very brave, brave citizen. Well, they're, they're pretty big letters. I, I think it would be hard to, to Several do Several brave, yeah. brave citizens. That would be awesome. That would be like we would have like a holiday. Like no one would get him in trouble at all. Yeah. I like how I just immediately think it's going to be a him, but who knows? Hey, I, you know, I was... I'm fine with who Lighting candles every night for four years for a brave Secret Service agent who wanted to die a martyr for his country. Just what, Speaking of ice picks, you know, like, wouldn't that have been great? I spent four years shocked that nobody, nobody took a shot at him. Someone took a shot at Reagan, but no one shot yep. at Trump. Yep. And I learned that that was the wrong thing to say in front of my conservative parents. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. <laughs> like, we were watching the inauguration together. And they're like, oh, there's no one there. I was just like, oh, I know. There's no one to hide to shoot him. Yeah. And they just looked back at me, and I was like, oh, I mean, that's so sad that no one showed up. Yeah. What you gonna do? And then he got COVID, and it wasn't even bad. What fucking cockroach. He's, I think, yeah, I think one 
if he does ever die, it'll be like one of those horror movies where like they do the you know he dies and like just a bunch of snakes and like and other insects just crawl out from under the skin, you know. Or he'll do like a Lord Voldemort where he literally turns into ash. Yeah, yeah, like the vampires do. Like the sunlight yeah. comes and it's just like a little pile of ash. And Melania Trump will be like, "Hey, thank God my job's over." I feel like she's just going to divorce them soon anyways. Yeah, I mean, how much fucking money do you need? You know, like... I know they had to recontract right before they got married. <laughs> uh, they've done a few recontracts. <laughs> like, when they got in the White House, they yeah. did. And then, like, yeah. right before the other election. I'd hate to see the, the small print on what is required of her. <laughs> You know what? She knew what she was getting into. Well, yeah, you know. Like, like yeah. there is footage of him from... Jesus, you remember the Central Park Five? Like, she knew she was marrying that guy. Yeah. So. Well, you know, nothing else. She got her papers forged, you know, to, oh, to yeah. stay in the country. So That's one <laughs> way to do it. Illegal immigrants, yeah. Got first Lady's an illegal immigrant. Full, full stop, you know. Hell yes. Forged papers, the whole nine, you know, like. <laughs> so, so what do you see with, you know, the modeling house empire? Like, what's in the future? <laughs> the world domination. Like, you take over, like, Knopf, Knopf and, like, Random House fall, and, a, like, modeling house takes over the New York headquarters. <laughs> Me not being in charge. Yeah, and then you hire, hire some executive that's overpaid to do, like, the work. Someone who actually hopefully understands what Maudlin House is, and I can't explain it because I don't know. Yeah. I only know it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, but how do you, how do you choose, like, yeah, like... With the books... How do you choose what to... Do you think there's, like, an aesthetic thing, or is it just, like, total instinct, like... I it's like, an instinct. It, yeah. Because people have asked, and I just don't know how to describe it other than... Uh, cause, I mean, I looked through the... Like, they seem like there's a bunch of different kinds of books. They're very... They're not the same. There's not, like, one... I'd say they wouldn't be published by any other press, but now yeah. Bud Smith, Double Bird, probably would be published yeah. by another press I mean, now. Bud Smith's been in, with a bunch of different presses. Yeah. But for the most part, they're very quirky stories. A lot of them tend to, like, question the self. I like that. Yeah. I'd say most of our stories do that, but they're very, God, I hate to keep saying meta-modern, but what when I say mean? meta, like, I mean like it's very, think Scream, you know, that movie is so meta, it's constantly referring so to common, pop commenting on itself, like sort yeah. of being and a little bit ironic and kind of joking about yeah. what's happening I'd say most of our happening. books are like that. And I mean, if you don't see that in the smaller presses in this community right now, then like, it is there a lot. Yeah. But the yeah, all the, like the people you're friendly with, like the, yeah. the other presses, um, like the, uh, what's her name you had on the show? Lisa? Or, Lisa Cantoral? Yeah. Oof. She's got her press. That was a hell of a show. <laughs> She's awesome. But. She's under the influence of substances. <laughs> I don't even know how many. Yeah, like a bunch of different ones. But we started off with, all right, give me one second. I'm just going to finish this acid. It's the second time I've had it in this house. It's been, it's like oh. an anniversary. And I was like, oh, shit. And then later I'm just like, oh, it's all right. I'm just drinking some wine, trying to make it casual. And she's like, I am too. And I was like, 
Her definition is casual. It's different, huh? And then eventually she says she's on gummies too, and I was like, okay, someone's gonna be so much more looser than I am. I can't do that shit. It would make me paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> like I can only drink. I haven't smoked weed in years, and if I did, it would have to be very light. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that never had any effect on. Like I haven't really? actually had weed in any form in like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. But the last time it was like a pot brownie. Mm -hmm. There was this woman, older lady, she was called the bread lady. She would bring pot brownies to bar, like you could call her, like before the internet. They had something she's like that in, in San Francisco. It was in Wicker Park. Man. She, she got, but yeah, she got busted eventually, but she, she would go to all the bars and she was like a regular character. She was a character. And so the last time I had pot in any form was one of those. I demand that you write a story about oh, the, that lady. The, the, the bread lady? Yeah. And yeah, she should make like, you know, like banana bread or something. And it was, you know, full of yeah. marijuana. But, uh, so I had this brownie and I had it with this other guy and he was just high as a kite and I was just sitting waiting for something to happen. So I gave up on it. Some and people just don't have that. Everybody's effect. chemistry is different. And like when I was in high school, people just thought I was stoned all the time. Because I just have like, that personality. Yeah, my whole family have that like kind of a like a like an. It's an aloofness. Aloofness in a kind of different like like energy level where like I'm almost never super up, you know. So people just think I'm like out of it, or I'll just stop talking and look out the window. That's why I have to drink a lot of coffee to get me to the very to, up to place. Amp, get, that's where the coffee started. Yeah. <laughs> the coffee fixation. To be fair, I think. <laughs> I think there's a story, a chapter in The Only Living Girl in Chicago where I actually do admit I don't always drink regular coffee. Yeah, you admit days. you fess up to, to, to doing do a, lot a decaf. decaf. Yeah, because you have an image to uphold. You <laughs> 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 find out coffee girl's not... I could not, do regular no. coffee again, but I had a really high anxiety year where I was uh, like, oh shit, yeah. I can't. Like It would tip me over too high. I love coffee too, but it doesn't do the thing that it, like I'm not addicted to it like where I don't need to have it in the morning to wake up or anything I could do black tea yeah. coffee anything I think will wake me up even just a good meal yeah then yeah like my circadian rhythms are all fucked up from driving a cab all those years so I I used to go my whole ritual when I was driving was that I'd go have breakfast at like four or five in the morning when I was done driving after the bars closed and I would drink like five cups of coffee and have breakfast and smoke cigarettes, read the newspaper, and then go home and sleep. Mm -hmm. And it was fine, you know? So so I guess my system's all fucked up from forever, you know? That See, way, I think but. driving a taxi sounds like the most fun job ever. It's not. <laughs> really? Okay, I had a friend. His name was Shannon. I would go out when he would do like Uber Eats mm -hmm. and uh, DoorDash stuff. But he was also an Uber driver, sure. and all the stories yeah. he gave were so hilarious. So I was assumed. Well, I got a couple of books out of it, but it act, well, that's yeah. what made me into a writer was that job. You know, I didn't write anything before that. Yeah. You know, it was just a bunch of stories. I was always just. A, and the late night nice. coffee and cigarettes, constant. Yep. I joined him a few times. It was actually really funny to be the person on the side. See when you're picking someone else up. I had some friends do that sometimes, but it would really freak the passengers out. They didn't understand what was going on, why there was a second person in the front. You know, yeah. they didn't understand what was happening. So, 
can't always do that. No, no, because it was like, you know, I was at my job, so. I know Uber doesn't allow you to do it anymore. I don't know about Lyft. I got recruited by Uber the first, the last year I drove a cab was the first year they were in Chicago, which is 2012. So they gave me an iPhone and like, they recruited me because I had a book out. Like their strategy was to get like, you know, so I was like a famous cab driver in Chicago because I had a book about cab driving, you know? And they they had all their, co all their customers were like, you know, indie comedians and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I drove Reggie Watts in the cab once because, in the, as, a, as an Uber, you know? Mm -hmm. But they were just recruiting just cab drivers and limo drivers at first, you know, before they full-on took over. See, I hate that it took me so long to figure out that Uber existed. You mm. have no idea how much money I spent, like, just on trains and mm. cabs and everything like that. Yeah, I, I could I could tell right away. It's, I mean, I was ready to quit anyways, but it was like it's like a crystal ball into the future. Like, that, that iPhone was like, this is it. If the cab companies don't fucking do something, they're going to be dead. And sure enough, they took way too long to make their own app. You know, by then they were dead, you know? And honestly, cabs were just... They never looked as great as Uber, hmm. Ubers usually are. Except that you now, get your uh, tryhards, and now you get your kind of lame ones. Yeah, the, the, but the Ubers are now, have now morphed into cabs. You see those ones with the ads on the top now? They're like... Really? Yeah, they're like... I haven't seen those. Yeah, you, you attach this kind of like electronic billboard thing with like, you know, digital. Mm -hmm. They're like slowly morphing into, ta into what they really always were. They're taxis, you know, like... See, I've kind of gone into Lyft more, mm. but just yeah, because I, I find mean, yeah. they're the ones that didn't cross the picket line yeah. years ago. I kind of forget what that was all about, but I stuck with them, but yeah, most of them are pretty cool. You got some douchebag Lyft drivers, though. Yeah. They're the ones who could almost never find this place. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, yeah, because, yeah, they, I'm almost never in one of them because I don't have a smartphone, and you can't can't do those without a smartphone yeah so I have to be somebody has to put me in one but they so don't know where they're going none of them know where they're going because they're so reliant on the app but it tells yeah. them exactly where to go yeah but they won't listen like if you tell them a better way they won't listen they refuse and they fight you on it oh yeah which is really stupid it's such bad like, I give them service. like instructions like yeah. the entrance to my apartment is off Main Street and then they'll but be yeah, like, they'll, 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 they'll get pissed like it says Northwest Highway yeah and I'm just like so I it's, don't it's not a surprise that these companies are going for driverless cars because what they want is an Android you know to I won't talk back you know I'll I want to know who the first person is who's going to test that one out <laughs> Because the big question when it comes to driverless cars is, when it comes to it, will it make the decision to save you or a pedestrian? <laughs> and which one's going to comfort you most? Well, you know, it has, it'll have some, like, high-def camera. It'll, it'll, like, evaluate, like, how much money does the pedestrian make versus you? Or they'll make some value judgment, like you know? Like, who's more likely so, to sue the hell out of us? Yeah, who's a more valuable, you know, member of society, like you or the pedestrian? I yeah, feel like it's it'll like, get real dark. <laughs> you're gonna have to decide basically that you'll save the consumer more than anyone else. Yeah. Or else, who the fuck's gonna get in your lift? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't trust them. <laughs> Eventually, I probably will, since I've adapted to so much other technology. Well, I think eventually, I think the only way it'll actually work is if they're all driverless. Like, 
I don't think it'll work if some cars are driven by people and others are not. Because mm -hmm. what you want is for all of them to have like one mind that communicates so so they never crash into each other. And you throw a person he into shows there. You need all cars in general. Yeah, I mean every car yeah. to be driverless. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think that's the only way it'll actually work. Which and I'd be totally fine by. But you need so yeah. much bureaucracy and everything to get into that. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't, it's not like humankind didn't live with cars through our whole history that nothing says we have to forever, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I wish that, I don't know, the entire country was more pedestrian friendly. Sure. Well, that's why, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine not living in a city. Like, I have to have oh, walk, yeah. I bike most places now, but yeah, bike or walk. Like um, hell, I think like the loop should actually be like no cars allowed, just bikes nice. and like trains and buses. Well, yeah, I mean they've talked periodically about doing that thing they do, I think in London, where there's a tax like to take a private car into downtown, mm -hmm. like you, you're like it'll cost you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To discourage people from doing it. Yeah. They tried to do... Uh, when I was first in school at the Art Institute, uh, I think it, had just, it was just ending. State Street was closed to private cars. Mm -hmm. They were trying to do some kind of like pedestrian mall kind of thing, but... See, I would prefer that. Except that it turned it into kind of like a ghost town and like it, it had... it didn't work. They didn't do it Somehow right. Somehow you know? Times Square in New York managed yeah. to work, but yeah. it's insanely touristy. Yeah. Portland seems to have some decent areas. Mm -hmm. Like they're more like town squares, but they're still very yeah. populated. So. Well, it's cool. Like you know, some of the like these areas with the restaurants now that they close to have the outdoor dining, they could make that permanent. You know. But will they? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know. I do love the outdoor options. Hmm. It's one of those like I immediately went out to those because I was yeah. like, we don't know how long these are going to exist. And because I got COVID so early on that I wasn't really afraid to go outside yeah. afterwards. You're a pioneer. Pioneer of COVID. <laughs> early adopter. <laughs> exactly. I was into COVID way before any of you schmoes. <laughs> I am like the COVID hipster. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how many times people complain about how horrible the vaccine is. And I'm just like, well, try real COVID. <laughs> it's not as fun. Because it's like more like three weeks of feeling yeah. that way. Although I've had other people in my family have it where they like barely felt it. Yeah, I think there's a huge range. As well as the reactions to the vaccine, too. Like, oh, damn. Like, like, I had almost nothing. Other people were, like, in bed for three days, you know? like. So. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That's why I haven't gotten the vaccine yet. Not just that, mm -hmm. but also I'm on uh, steroids from mm -hmm. a surgery I had about two months back. Once I get off those, though, I can do the vaccine. And for some reason, my boyfriend's waiting for me to do it because he wants to do it together. Oh, that's romantic. I know. It's like, you want to get deathly ill together? Aww. <laughs> I almost want to, like, remind him and be like, hey, remember when we both got COVID? It, it didn't work out, right? No one was able to take care of either of us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, it sucked in the beginning because the doctors had no idea what to do. Right. Yeah. And basically, I, I remember... I want to say like two weeks in, that's when the respiratory area really affected me because oh. I have asthma. 
Oh, yeah. And I didn't know if I was supposed to go to the hospital, and my doctor wouldn't allow anyone really into the practice. And yeah. he's like, how about you just do some deep breaths into the phone for me? And I asked him to be like, you are literally going to tell if I need to go to the hospital or not based on my breathing through the phone. <laughs> and he was just like, I think you're going to be okay. Does it feel like pneumonia? And I'm just like, you're asking someone who has never had pneumonia. Yeah. Also, yeah, I don't have a medical degree to be able to tell you, you know. Like, I have literally, I've even asked my boyfriend, like, hey, breathe deeply over the phone. I just want to see if your chest sounds alright. You just can't tell. It sounds like some weird obscene phone collar or something. He, like, he didn't want to believe that we had it at first, so he put yeah. us through, like, every other test. Well, they were, they, yeah, they just didn't know. They didn't, I, I think that's, like, an honest... I could buy that. You know what I mean? It's not... It's like when you have a patient who's demanding, like, hey, I know that this is COVID. Yeah. But I guess that could be, like, a denial thing, or it hasn't hit our state badly yet. Yeah. Clearly it had. Yeah. But it was actually really funny. We got the COVID tests, and by the time we actually got the results that we did indeed have COVID, we were better. You already... It worked through it. Yeah. yeah, we got it 13 days later. Hmm. I know, fun times. Yeah. What's funny is I got a positive and my boyfriend got a negative, but he had it far worse. Hmm. Yeah, so we agree that it was a false negative. Oh, okay. We found out he had the antibodies, so he clearly had it. So. Yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's been like a weird, yeah, it's, it's all there. They're making it all up as they go along because I was. I was teaching a drawing class at Dominican University, and I had a student who kept, she got COVID, and so she missed a couple of classes. Then she took a test and got a false positive, so they wouldn't let her on campus, so she missed another class. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of a mess, you know what I mean? Because they, they kept doing in-person classes. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was going there twice a week for, Two months, two, three months. I would not have done that. I guess that's what you gotta do. Well, they're drawing classes. Like, drawing classes on TV, on Zoom is fucking stupid. You know, that's just, you may as well not do it. Uh. I remember <laughs> my uh, 15-year-old niece telling me about gym class on Zoom. <coughs> and I was just like, how do they know if you're really doing it? She's like, you just click it. And I was like, were you doing it? She's like, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you got figure all your students have been you know online their whole lives they they can shoot a fucking video and put it in the screen and yeah like, pre- pretending and yeah it's so funny yeah, you see these things online all the time about like these old people getting caught like that one politician guy who was like pretending to be in a meeting but he was driving his car and he made it he put like a background for his office but you could see his the, the belt you know the safety belt of his car on the photo, so yeah. that's how he got busted because he was stupid. I remember <laughs> the first semester that it happened. Basically, the rule was nothing you do can cause your grade to go lower, but it could go higher. Mm. At which point, my one niece was just like, "I've got all these," and just shut the computer. Is like, "I'm done with this semester." Yeah. Because they couldn't tell yet if you could actually learn well via mm-hmm. Zoom or not. Obviously, I think they first all started going back to like campuses and everything a couple months ago, right? Yeah. I think this fall, but at most places are going to go full on, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But it's, you know, it's caused a lot of people to question, like, what the hell they're spending their money on. I know there are a lot of lawsuits. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe, like, we had, I had some fun discussions with some of the students in that school, like, you know, some of the ones, like, saying, like, because all their academics would be, like, on Zoom, like, I love this, I hope it's this way forever, and I'm asking them, like, and you think this is worth paying full tuition for? Like, what the fuck are you paying for? Or your parents, or a loan, or whatever? Like, it's so, so horrible. I mean, it's the reason I dropped out of grad school a million years ago it's like I didn't want to be part of the problem what would you study if you're in grad school oh I was there for painting okay. it was the only reason for to get an MFA in painting is so you can teach interesting or for people that needed a, like a support group to keep painting because they couldn't do it on their own which is like for a lot of people school is the last time they do any of these creative things mm -hmm. because there are people there like giving them support you mm -hmm. know but uh yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I knew I, I was just done with school. I only did one semester of grad school and dropped out because I didn't want so to be in close college. To going to yeah. grad school. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's there's a time and place. There's people for whom it's good, but it didn't I, feel like I was built for academics. Yeah. How did you choose? Back to that. How did you choose history, like for studying and that's school? just what I was always great at. Yeah. Like ever since like a little kid forward my dad um kind of a distant dude but he spent mm. most of his time watching the history channel so mm. if you wanted to bond that's what you would be doing so hmm. my family was great at history yeah and all of us actually majored in it too <laughs> what, what was there a particular type that you were like focusing on I was focusing definitely more on uh, Russian history. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting, yeah. especially during the Revolutionary Age. Yeah. Um, no bias towards any side, but I don't know, it was a very big time of change and it clearly affected the entire world in the early 20th century, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. My, my grandparents, my, my mom's parents, who both died last year mm -hmm. during COVID times, and. She couldn't go bury them, unfortunately, because cause they were in Israel and she was in America mm -hmm. and you couldn't travel. But, uh, you know, they were born in like 1924 and 25, grew up, you know, as very young people, as, you know, like fervent communists, but were disillusioned very, very quickly. Well, you couldn't be like great, great communists under the Stalinist regime, no. 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 No, but the, a lot of people did though. Like they remained. Like they tried. But they yeah. remained believing it, and Stalin was the best thing that ever happened. He was their god, you know. But, I just uh, like how they're barely into the revolution, and when Stalin got power, and huh? I think it was like 1933, he was like, "All right, yeah. communism has been established," and everyone's like, "Well, wait, yeah. really?" Yeah. Yeah, uh, but they yeah they had a big. Uh, big awakening or whatever and they you know when the time came they, they swung way 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 to the right which is what happens to a lot of mm -hmm. immigrants from uh soviet bloc countries oh i definitely believe cubans it. uh anything in eastern bloc they go way right you know they just do so that's like why a, i find it funny everyone's all like why are cubans voting for the right side i'm just like why why wouldn't they be like, because it's their life experience yeah, yeah. that's that's why it's fascinating to that's me, why like, they're in talking this country. to you, like, being interested in, like, socialism and stuff. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, it was very hard for 
like not quite as hard for me, but impossible for like my parents' generation to embrace any of it. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that smacks of state control is bad. You know, like they just full on. Like... Yeah, that's what they believe. <laughs> If you were to truly get too, like, yeah. into, like, where I am with socialism, it is very loose. Yeah. But the yeah. Thing, I think, I mean, I think about this stuff a lot, and if anything, like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten, like, more left. I never was, like, felt like a left, mm -hmm. leftist-leaning person, but, like, I'm, just because of being tired of, like, having shitty jobs, I'd be happy for the government to just give me a fucking monthly stipend and take all the art away. I know. Like, I don't, I don't have... I buy books and records. I don't have very fancy tastes. Mm -hmm. I'd be fine, but like I, I probably didn't think that when I was younger. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great for me. But uh, I think in all of human history, it's always been the sort of like tension between collective and individual, whatever it's been. These systems have been called. You know, it's always like. Well, how do I keep doing what I like doing, but then, like, not shitting on ev the, the, everybody around, you know? Like, that balance. That's mm -hmm. what it's always been. That's always the tension, you know what I mean? So you, you don't want to be stuck, because what happens in, like, a country like the Soviet Union, where nobody's allowed to advance in any way, like, you can't ever make more money un mm -hmm. un unless you're on the very, very top, unless or you're in the policy of those very shady... People. Yeah, or if you're in the underground economy. So that means like you go to your job and you don't give a shit because you know you'll get your salary and you won't care. So that's bad, right? I.E. Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, like, like Chernobyl, like a million things that they did shitty. The Soviet Union ripped off things from the West. They ripped off things from everywhere, you know? They didn't make anything of their own. Mm -hmm. You know, they just like pilfered shit from other places. Everything's a knockoff. Those cars are all just like, they're like kind of shitty versions of Fiat's. You know, that's what they are. That is what they look like. But that's yeah. what they are. They just retrofit, like they just stole the same shit that China does, you know, like where mm -hmm. somebody invents something. Well, China's and, slowly and, surpassing the hell out well, of us. Well, well China, China's smart. They just bought every, like they... You know, they they bought they built everything cheaper and they own everything now. But you know, but like shitty quality and knockoffs. Like don't invent anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you balance that with some sort of whatever individual ingenuity, whatever. Like somebody having some sort of incentive to do better. But like, how do you do that? Who no, nobody, I think it's just got to be something that you're urged to do, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a thing that humans haven't. They just haven't figured it out, you know, as a, on a mass scale, you know, because like you know, communism has never actually worked except for in very small, like oh like, yeah, like a kibbutz is a perfect communist. You know what a kibbutz is? Yeah, like a so it's a Israeli like communal farm. Community. You know? I just keep thinking in Mad Men. Have you yeah. have you watched that show? It's been a while. Like, oh, they're yeah. supposed to be doing like a commercial for Israel, and they're like, "Have you heard of the kibbutz? It's positively communist." It is. Yeah. It is is actually communism. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but like the reason it works, and and those break down after a while too, because inevitably there's this human nature thing of there's going to be at least a few people that get drunk on the fucking power, and they're gonna want to take over, you know? 
That's what Orwell writes about, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah, everybody's equal, but some people are more equal than others, you know. Like Steinbeck definitely hits on that idea yeah, a lot they, too. This is the problem. There is there's always this, that power dynamic that happens with people, and it's not you know whatever your faith or belief is. It just fucking happens, human nature, you know? Get what is than... that one quote with, like, why communism would never take place in America by Steinbeck? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's that we don't see ourselves as exploited, proletariat, but temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Right, okay, yeah. 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 But, yeah. I think it's where the selfishness comes in, because we yeah. all feel like we're on the verge of making sure. it and being the powerful That's why you get, like, the, the, the poor people here dress like rich people, you know, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And then the rich people are always slumming it, pretending to be poor, you know? Don't like, you love when they wear all their, like, uh, was it hiking gear and everything to the office? Like, yeah. I'm just a regular guy. Yeah. Yep. Casual Friday. <laughs> yeah. But, in, yeah, you get people from really poor Patagonia. neighborhoods dressing in, like, really expensive shit. Like, they spend all their money on stuff, like, that doesn't fucking matter. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but... And I remember, like, during the Occupy marches and everything, you'd see, like, Facebook comments and everything of, like, say, the right-wing people, where mm. they'd be like, how many iPhones do you see in that crowd? And shit. Yeah, sure. It's like, I think you guys are missing the point. Yeah. Where the right wing people tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's always, it's never like cut and dry or white or black, you know? It's yeah. always a real mixed bag. So you get, yeah, you go back to, you know, the Soviet Union. Lenin hated the proletariat. He hated, he hated working people, you know? And yet he's the father of communism, of Soviet communism, you know? But he, he, he died young too, so that... That burnishes the legend. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was an intellectual, you know. Where and was he? Like in Sweden or Switzerland? Switzerland. He was an exile yeah. in Switzerland, but he all, you know he also made money, you know, as as basically like a robber, you know. He was, yeah. They were robbing, you know, they were like stagecoaches, basically, you know, they were robbing people on the roads, you know. I know for a lot of times when he was <laughs> like in her earlier Soviet days, he would use Stalin as like the muscle. Sure. As yeah. a thuggish guy to get stuff done. Yeah. So then, then the the people that you know want to romanticize Lenin, they're like, <clears throat> you know, they, they try to set them as as if they were enemies. They weren't enemies. They were in it together. No, yeah. I feel like yeah. personalities kind of shifted yeah. at some point. But I'd say the true outlier would have been Trotsky. But even he had some truly like if if you want to talk about Trotsky, yeah. you have to actually acknowledge the fact that he had some truly like violent. And no, ideas. none of these people that break through to the upper echelons of power are fucking saints. They never are. No. They all have to make deals with the devil, you know? Like, whoever you like in history, you know? You know? I mean, Abraham Lincoln spent a lot of his life being a fucking racist, you know, an apologist for slavery. So He always said that if he could have saved the Union without freeing the slaves, yeah. he would have. So, and he's, well, probably at this point, you know, what you know the high whatever apex you know the the most you know he's our favorite president yeah I think. he's yeah he's the top president right Him he's and one FDR. of the only ones left that aren't yeah killed off killed off by their past that they couldn't help you know I feel like the three presidents that actually ended up being like the coolest in history all died in office mm. FDR. JFK and then Lincoln. Once again, also, uh, it depends who you talk to. You talk to my parents or their friends, they think FDR was horrible. Ruined, really? Ruined America. Yep. Wow. 
Well, because FDR adopted a lot of social policies, you know, that to them smack of yeah. socialism, that smack of a country that oppressed them. So that's why. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They must have hated his VP, who actually was yeah. Yeah. a socialist. Yeah, I don't really even know. Like, there, yeah, it, it's all like, you know. I mean, eventually. You, you fit these things to, it, yeah. to, to fit the narrative that you like, you know. But, yeah, I, I was have very weird political conversations with my parents. <laughs> I just veer so away from. It's horrible. My parents it's like, just fucking horrible. But, uh, I don't feel like there is on top of things. Mm. And my dad really likes Bush. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yep. It's funny. He's a Republican. He raised five Democrats. Yeah. Well. And Catholic and raised five atheists. <laughs> he very much sees himself. So what, as when a you're not talking politics, do you get along with him or? Honestly, I don't talk to him oh, much because I don't know what to say ever. Mm. Like, he's always in the same house. My mom and I will be gossiping and talking oh, really? and she'll be trying, but he'll just kind of go down to his office. Or... They're still together? Yeah. That's cool. I want to say they'll be 50 years together next year. Yeah, yeah. My, mine would have celebrated their 50th in, in uh, last spring. They were going to go to Italy, which they always go to Italy. Mm-hmm. That's their like their summer home is Italy basically. They love traveling, but you know the, the lockdown happened. And hey, it's still possible. They're Just go- revert they're- back to it, yeah. No, they're going. They're they already booked their trip. They're going at the end of August. They're they're going because because it's finally possible, you know. So they're yeah they're going back. See, ever since I was with my boyfriend, I kept saying I was going to have a huge thirtieth birthday. Mm. Lockdown happened. Didn't get it. Yeah. I've decided September 11th of this year, I'm turning 30 again. Oh, your second 30th birthday? Yeah. Awesome. The first one consisted of me eating Panda Express and watching that shitty Mulan movie. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I deserve better, I think. Yeah, mine, I I turned 50 last September and like, it was like some of the restaurants where I went to a restaurant by myself, but it was like that sad thing where there's like four tables, you know? Like more staff than customers, kind of deal. It's so it's terrible. Awkward. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. <laughs> then a friend of mine made me like some weird birthday cake thing, and that was that was it. That was my fiftieth birthday. That's nice. It was nice, but yeah, like actually, I, I had a reservation booked at Gene uh, and Giorgetti, mm-hmm. the steakhouse, yeah. which I love. And they the week before they decided they weren't serving on Mondays. It was ah. a, my my birthday. Uh, came on a Monday, so they ruined my 50th birthday. I, I blame Gina and Giorgetti. <laughs> my birthday is never not awkward because it's September 11th. I guess, yes, yeah, so yes. Yeah, well, not all, not your whole life. But um, my 11th birthday right. was... So 11th was the yeah. The thing, yeah. Which is funny because it's technically my golden birthday. So I went to school very excited. Only to be like have those like roll in TVs and like half the school was having like parents call them in right. sick and stuff and just watching the towers come down just like on over and over, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Ten years later, celebrated my 21st birthday. No one understood why me and my friends were so excited and partying at the park. And they're like, have some respect. And I was like, oh no, this is also my birthday. Yeah. That's why we're saying it's the best day. It has nothing to do with the terrorist attack. 
So you feel like, yeah, your birthday being that day, like you were just fated to have like, like a downcast, <laughs> tragic bent. It was never, yeah. It was an early sign that things were going to go really You knew how weird. things were going to go. <laughs> Luckily though, and this is like where I won't go about it, but if you get me drunk enough, I have so many 9-11 jokes. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. one of those topics you could hit with anybody, though, where it's like, where were you on 9-11? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 have no, I have no firm memory of it at all. I don't know. Really? Not really. Maybe it's because it's my birthday. Yeah. I've been to bars, though, and I've definitely met a lot of people who immediately are like, my turn, my turn, let me tell you my story. But I my, think it's my, like our JFK moment. I guess so. Uh, when I was in high school, that was when the, the, the Challenger exploded. That was, that was my 9-11. Yeah. Kind of like that was that was like the whole school shut down and everybody had the TVs. It was like that, but it was in, you know in the eighties. Yeah. That's actually pretty funny. For Christmas, my sister brought home her new boyfriend, who is a cop. And yes, we were all told we couldn't make cop jokes, mm. but we were all decided we were going to bring our dark humor. So I brought my nine eleven humor. Mm. My nieces and nephews brought their very horrible school shooter humor, and he brought his Challenger humor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's joking about the Challenger? Yeah, I didn't even know there were good jokes for that, but it hmm. before my time. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed like a big deal. Yeah, but 9-11, yeah, was, for me personally, not a big deal. It's one of those, like, it's because it was, like, my whole day. Yeah. And also, right. like, my brother was in New York at that time, mm -hmm. and my other sister works in... Um, Jesus Christ, I can't remember the name of the building she works in, in Chicago. Prudential mm. building. And I guess a lot of the downtown big offices ended up having to evacuate that day. Right, because they thought that other cities would be hit. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only reason I know the narrative that much. Yeah. But my main memory of that day was reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and looking up and being like, damn, no airplanes. That's good. Yeah. See, I was only 11. Very innocent. Yeah. Eventually being like, what the fuck? Voldemort is back. <laughs> yeah. I, I read, uh, I read Harry Potter. The only Harry Potter I ever read was to my baby brother, like for bedtime stories. Like, Which ones? Because once don't you remember. get past like I think I three, read some it gets really dark. Yeah. Well, you know. He grew up in a family full of readers, so. Okay. I mean, I had all the, all the classic Russian stuff read to me, like the adult stuff. That was the bedtime stories. It was like Gogol and stuff. And like, that sounds what... awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. I think so. You were fated to be a smart guy. I don't know if I'm a smart guy, but. <laughs> a thinker, perhaps. I'm average. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's the other. You know, yeah, I I grew up here, like coming home and hearing my parents say that like you know Americans are idiots and the school is for morons because like the math and stuff was so far uh, so much lower you know than back in, in the Soviet Union you know so, were you able to like test up no uh, not really because I didn't I hated school and I didn't oh. and math was always my weakest subject which same made my dad crazy because my my dad's a mathematician, <laughs> so 
he tried to tutor me and it didn't work out. But <laughs> see, my dad's an engineer and yeah. he hates that I'm horrible at science. Yeah, uh, yeah. They tried to put me before I went to the public high school, which turns out I think it's rated the the best. Like at some point recently, somebody told me it was like the best high school in America or like public high school. Which the, one is that? Brookline High School. Okay. It's where Conan O'Brien went. I don't know, like a few years before me, but... Well, if Conan went... No, but it's in a... T like, it's sort of like the Evanston to Chicago's... Yeah. You know, Chicago. It's Boston's Evanston. Like, it's a really nice suburb, Brookline. And it's connected... It's on the, all the train lines. But uh, they have very, very high local taxes, you know, which pay for this fancy-ass fucking school. You know? mm -hmm. But my parents didn't think that, you know, public school was good enough. And they tried to get me to go to private school and I would just intentionally flub the interviews. And I didn't really have great grades because I didn't care, you know. I was, I think I was, you know, I think I gamed it out. I, I knew that what school wanted was to for you to demonstrate literacy, you know. So, mm -hmm. like, I never studied. I wrote every paper the night before. And I would just write sentence to sentence. And it made sense, but the comments always were like, well, this doesn't really have anything to do with the assignment. But it was literate, you know, like I could write a sentence. I could write a couple paragraphs, uh, but I never cared. And I resented like, like I hated having to write about books, you know, like the book reports. Like, like my, my impulse was like, fuck you, read the book yourself. I'm not telling you what I think of it, you know. That's kind of what I do with book reviews. No, but low, yeah, all these years later, I'm fucking making part of my living doing book reports, basically, <laughs> you know? So that that's the universe's, you know, revenge on me, I guess. That's but. just like life being weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went to private school for like two years, but yeah. it was Catholic school. Oh, okay. And that was truly hell. Oh, really? You didn't like it? Well, religion is actually a course. Yeah. And you have to pray... In the morning, then in the afternoon, and right before school ends. And you have to go to extra masses, uh, chapel on Wednesdays, Friday mass, and then Sunday mass with my parents. So they let you quit that after a while, or? or uh, no, luckily I finished or was that the eighth end of grade. Your... Oh, oh. And they're like, there's no way in hell we're paying for. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. High school because it's more expensive. So high school was was public school. Yeah. And it worked out because my mom worked there too. Oh, okay. Which was fun and horrible at the same time. What did she do? She was the secretary that was like right in the front of the building, the mm. one that like lets you in and checks you in and stuff. I take the, the excuses for being late or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She was the person who didn't give a shit too. Yeah. And mm. uh, I got a passbook of my own. Nice. Yeah, that was always really great. And I never got a detention for stuff that I should have gotten detentions for. Because she knew the other people who like hall monitors and shit. Yeah, you had an in, you had somebody on the inside. <laughs> now, this wouldn't be something that you would have had, but we had a bag it, tag it rule. Gen Z doesn't have it either, but we What's weren't that? supposed to have phones in our hands while we were in class. Not supposed to, yeah. yeah. Um, that and if we had it That was an option in, back in the 1800s or I when, like when, when I was like a child. You know, a like. five year period for millennials. Yeah. And yeah, so now I got just caught given by up a teacher. And, like everybody just has their fucking phones, huh? They've proven actually a pretty good thing, and now they're like, okay, all students could have it. Is school shootings? Oh. Is 
they demanded that they needed their phones to oh, text boy. in case something like that happened. We tried that. It didn't work for us. But see, the big school shootings didn't happen yeah. in my age. I think Virginia Tech happened when I was a sophomore. But Columbine was before. When was Columbine? Yeah, but when we kind of viewed Columbine as like a one-off. Oh, yeah? That was like 99. There was a, yeah, there was other ones, but Columbine was a big one. That was like the most name-worthy. Then yeah. there were several small ones in between. There was even NIU. I don't know if that happened before or after Virginia Tech. NIU. Northern Illinois University. Oh, I, I missed that one. That was more recently? Or? That was around the time of Virginia Tech. I couldn't hmm. remember. I remember when it happened, I was still in high school. Because um, one of my teachers... We were on a field trip when we found out about it. One of my teachers knew one of the students that died. Mm. So that was, mm. it was more awkward than sad. It's one of those, like, as a teenager, you don't know how to deal with those feelings, I feel. Yeah. Like, we were at the Hemingway Museum, just, like, fucking around and being teenagers. Oh, and nice. suddenly you witness all the adults get really serious all at once. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just journaled about it. I was just like, that really sucks. Yeah. But yeah, it was one of those vibes that like, you just never really rationalize like it's going to happen to you. I guess so, yeah. Now these days, Gen Z kids are like, it's an inevitability. Hmm. <laughs> like, they've planned their getaway attempts oh, yeah. and shit. That's funny. Yeah, you were talking earlier about how you feel like you, you get along with like the Gen Z better than millennials oh, yeah. or... I think millennials I'm pretty chill with. Gen yeah. Z, they're my audience. Huh. <laughs> because they like they look up to you. Or sort like of they, maybe. Or they submit submit like things for yeah, Rodman House or whatever. I to... won't lie and say I don't pander to them a little yeah. bit. Huh. Yeah. I mean even when it comes to like colors like with Papal Glow up there, that is Gen Z yellow. Oh yeah? Yeah. Why why is that like where does that what? just came from their branding. Oh, yeah? Uh, many people say it was Beyonce huh. with Lemonade. Oh, I see. Okay. And that color became very popular with their advertising, kind of like how we had Millennial Pink. Okay. I know. I don't know any of it. Well, it was cool. Like, yeah, like when like you and I connected and then I was looking at all these other, all these new uh, podcasts that happened, probably partly because of the pandemic, but... Maybe it was just the age you all were, like starting podcasts of your own, you know? Spotify, really. Um, they yeah. invested in podcasts yeah. a couple months ago very heavily, yeah. and they've been pushing for people to do podcasts. It seems like there's a bunch of new ones, yeah. just as of like the last year, including yours, and then like the, some other ones that uh, selected pros one, and then writing the rapids. There's a bunch of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Each one has... They have different, everybody has a different slant, but they're, they seem to be about your age, most of the people. And as you'll see, our logo is again, Gen Z yellow. The yellow, yeah. But like, you know, I, I feel, I don't know, I mean, I'm Generation X, but I, I like the people I've met recently, like you, like we seem to be able to communicate, you know? Mm -hmm. but, I promise you a 20 year old would be able to communicate with you just as yeah. well. Just ask them to drop their slang and they're fine. Drop their sling? Slang. Their slang, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we were talking yeah, before about, about the like the, the yeah, the the words like 
like lit or rad or whatever, but like they have all that, they have their Gucci and what have you. The Gucci I still can't get comfortable saying. Gucci and uh, with, there's a bunch of them. I, I forgot them all Man, instantly, I, but. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I told my niece I was doing an interview today, she's like, dude, you're the steez. And I was like, Steez? Yeah, I was just like, I'm not even going to look that up yet. I'll wait till later to see if that's a good thing or bad thing. Yeah. What do you think? I have no idea. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's just going to bother me for the rest of the night. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was, I, I gave up before even starting. I mean, uh, you know, I probably I remember when all the, the lulls, like all the contractions started, like LOL, you know? Really? And I just never even, you know, I, I text in complete sentences. I just, that's what I do, you know? That's my I, brand. <laughs> I'll do the LOL yeah. and I'll do the WTF, but other than but that. The, the, yeah, like, the LOL, like, is, it's kind of like, like fucking, or like, it's like an interjection. It doesn't actually mean anything, you know? That people put it at the beginning or end of phrases. What in, like, I do random, as. In, in ways that you don't know what it actually means, you know? <laughs> For what? me, it's because I notice that people are really bad at reading tone, so I'll put the LOL yeah. in there so people know that I mean it in a lighthearted way yeah. and not in a pissed Yeah, that's way. that's a recurrent problem in in text line, in texting is yeah you can't ever get like tone. Yeah. That's why I liked the rise of gifts, but then mm. they're not big anymore either. So oh, are gifts dying? Yeah, because they're the mainly like gifts? a Facebook <laughs> Messenger thing, and uh. most people just do Twitter for the DMs. Mm. They slide into your DMs. That's what they say. Right. Yeah. One one of the things I don't miss about any of those social medias is all that shit. Like the different levels of uh, communications with people. Like where, yeah, it's the special the DM people and then the the private accounts and all that shit. You know, it's like either like are friends or not friends. I mean, I found out hardcore like how few friends I had once I quit Twitter. You know. <laughs> Like actual friends that'll bother to call or text or something. People thought I died. Yeah. You know? Like no, I just quit Twitter. It's okay. It's always very awkward. Yeah. Usually, well, most people do a nice announcement first. <laughs> like I am leaving Twitter. Goodbye. Yeah. For this, this, and this reason. Either I, I, they're throwing a tantrum or they're explaining they I wrote a whole fucking essay. You know, it, 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 you can find it in the reader site. Yeah. You know, it like, must have been before my time. About quitting social media. No, it came out in 2015. Maybe. 16. Yeah. I guess I haven't been the most vigilant when it comes to other writers. Mm. Oh, and the, uh, other writers and their announcements of their yeah. social media. And also, or, even right now, like I'm getting a lot of posts and everything, and I... I barely look at them. I never know how to respond to them, so. To, like what, like? Uh, just like a lot of people like saying positive stuff to like things I said. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, eh, I just said the one thing. I don't want to engage much more. Or people who think that like, how you'll answer. to take answer. a compliment, yeah. Yeah, like where they think you could DM all day, any day. Mm. I can't do those. Well, the other thing for me is every, every social media platform I was on, there's a, either a romantic or other weird friendship that went down that I don't ever need to engage in again, you know? Each one. Like, including MySpace. MySpace was the first one I ever did. I, I love know, MySpace. Did you ever do MySpace? Hey, I even did Zanga, which became, was before 
Did you ever do, you were, you're probably too young for Friendster. Did you ever do Friendster? No, nope, I did Friendster. You did Friendster? I, did. I had a roommate that did Friendster. I remember Friendster. Zynga, Friendster, Live Journal, Live MySpace. Journal. Right. Well, see, I was young, though, like yeah. middle school age. Well, I was really late to computers, so, like, I didn't even turn on uh, a computer until I was, like, 33. Really? Yeah, which was 2003. Okay. Which was well into, like, MySpace land, you know, like... Was past Friendster was dead by then, but uh, yeah, it's it happened because I, I married this woman briefly who was a database programmer, oh. and she's like, You should have a website, and it's the website I still have because she programmed it originally, mm -hmm. and then she left, and all I had was a lousy website, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but every single one of these platforms, there was like a woman or and or other personal situations that are connected to them in my mind you know mm -hmm. forever and I had to leave you know like like well obviously I don't know how to do this and I'm doing this wrong and it's not worth it you know what I mean so I've become very used to blocking people yeah yeah like we we're talking about before like these the guys or whoever or girls or whatever so whichever who think that yeah once or people who they are give just you annoying something the or do something yeah. out of you. They expect something back. Yeah. Usually, if you don't want them to hate you, but they are annoying you, you just mute them. So they don't know they're you're not able to see their shit. <laughs> they just think, oh, they just keep missing me. Yeah, you get it's great like that. All these yeah, you know, the platforms give you these levels of like passive aggressive behavior that you can That's indulge. I love about MySpace yeah. is the top eight friends. Right. And I was about oh, like Jesus, a I forgot about that. thirteen year old. Yeah. You can imagine what a bunch of preteens were like on that site. Oof. That was the best way to like be a bitch to each other. Yeah. That's where you cut your In teeth. In the height when we're that, that, that's in where you, Catholic you school. You hold your game. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's cool because we were able to put our angsty music on MySpace and the cool background, so you'd be like, "Oh, I'm totally cooler than you," but. That's how you secretly let someone know that you hated them if you remove them from the top eight space. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good times. <laughs> I haven't had a passive aggressive fight ever since I became an adult and yeah. I've just been, I kind of miss it just a little bit. The yeah. tense feeling. It gave like an adrenaline. Yeah. Now I think it would just give me anxiety. Mm. Do you guys ever do those passive-aggressive psychological fights? I'm sure they do, but it's not... I, I mean, guys, just as if you're going to make a blanket statement, are just much fucking simpler than yeah than women. Women always... It's all fucking three-dimensional chess all the time. You know, it's everything's happening on seven different levels, you know? We're good at that. Yeah. And guys are just like... <laughs> simple, you know? Uh, but yeah, I've never... Yeah, I've also don't never been like one of these like one of the guys people. Like I don't have a group of guys, you know. Like I don't do that. Uh, I, yeah, I tend to in general get along with women better. More interesting. It's just more interesting to me, you mm -hmm. know, on every level. Like it doesn't have to be like a romantic or like a thing, you know. They're just much more interesting. You know, you can have deeper conversations. It's it's more interesting because they're different than me. You know, like they're just wired different. And I get more interested in that. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, I'll, 
I'll meet a guy that I can talk to, but it doesn't happen that often, you know? Guys can Most be pretty of, black and white. When fucking it comes boring, to stuff. yeah. And it's just like, if you're a guy, you just know how, you know everything about being a guy. It's just boring. It's not mm -hmm. interesting to me, you know? I have a couple, yeah, like I have my one friend I've known since art school. He was just over last night, you know, and he's the one that got me the teaching job at Dominican because mm -hmm. he's a tenured professor there. And we hang out. Uh, we, we can hang out now because his kids are finally grown enough that he wants to do adult shit again, you know? Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, he's the one with the daughter who knew all the, uh, all the, the slang, all the Gucci and cringe and all the other shit. You I know? can do cringe. Oh, you yeah. can do cringe. I can also do like the big yikes or shit like that that they say. Big yikes? Yeah, they love saying that. That's their other word for <laughs> big cringe. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, big yikes. <laughs> also, they like saying big sad. I don't know what that big means. Big sad. Or if you need to calm down, their version is, hey, you gotta take several seats right now. Several seats? Yeah. Hmm. I like... They just say things in a little bit of like a sassier way, I feel, than hmm. we did. Because we would just be like, yo, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they just came up with like a whole different language that like the older people don't know, and I kind of vibe with that. I'm just like, you know, I salute you for doing that. Because our best was like dank and swag and. <laughs> We what is what is I, I don't actually know I mean I know what the word dank means what does it mean as a saying I think it just means cool it is oh dank is cool I oh. think I think in normal language it means like dingy yeah but in millennial speak I think that means like oh that's really like some part is like lit and rad yeah yeah because dank, I mean maybe dank is kind of like bad you know like the way bad was actually good kind of mm -hmm. thing you know that's bad like the big thing that, or whatever. you know, from like the Bernie supporters was uh, Bernie's dank meme stash. Oh, okay. That's where most of them gathered. So obviously that had to mean like good, kick ass, and swag. Dank is like cold and wet and like kind of like... That's, yeah, that's what I was that, Like the actual dank, like what... Yeah, that's not a that's not a thing you want. So, but so it's love, like, like one of those opposite things, yeah. I'm trying to remember where it was. <laughs> I think they finally took it down. I think it was like in Logan Square where they still had a billboard that used dank in oh, their really? advertisement. Wow. I was like, they're 10 years too late. They need to update. Oh, yeah. It's weird when you get advertisements that pander too much mm -hmm. to a generation and then they forget that generations are changing their words like every single day. Yeah, yeah, they change every couple of months or something. <laughs> I'd say even faster yeah. when you go on, like, say, TikTok, which I like to peruse occasionally to see what the hell they're up to. Yeah. Is that where, like, your nieces are, or, like, or... Um, they kind of just lurk like I do. Oh, okay. But we do watch oh, so my you don't other... Oh, so you don't make the funny videos, or... Oh, hell no. Yeah. I could do some of the dances, yeah. but I won't let I've them never, I've me. never been on TikTok, so... I... <laughs> We'd like I've, to watch no my one nephew it. on it. And he doesn't know that we have it. Mm. And it's because he wants to be a SoundCloud rapper and he does the weirdest dances on there. And I know some SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, because there was one that were... Are they tiny, red-headed kids? No, no. no the, the one I know is like a... He's black or at least half, half African-American, very tall guy. But he worked at the coffee shop in Bridgeport, you know. That... I used to always go to Jackalope. 
Oh, I Jackalope. love Jackalope. Jackalope is fun. It's friendly. There's another one in Bridgeport I like. Well, there's Bridgeport Coffee, I which is older, but yeah. But Bridgeport Coffee is like, I like the coffee, but it's basically, it wants to be Starbucks. I haven't been there in like 10 yeah. years. It's My not... ex lived like right next to it. Oh, really? Yeah. I live, I live really close to Bridgeport Coffee now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well, yeah, you, yeah, know, you guys visited. It's a few blocks from Bridgeport Coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually not closer to Bridgeport Coffee, which kind of sucks because I like Jackalope a lot better. I like Jackalope. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a, one of those SoundCloud rapper people who work there. I love when you meet them. They're always so like... They well, I, I didn't know that. I, like, I only knew him as like a friendly guy at the coffee shop, and then I found out he was a rapper. You find out the real musicians are the ones who are on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or ba- yeah, like, yeah, they're... Yeah, I mean, now everybody's got a band camp, but, yeah. Gotta appreciate them. But I think the sound, I think the, as far as I understand the SoundCloud rapper, it's, it's that they're not, it's not like this, this whole boasting thing. It's a, no. you know, it's more of like nerdy or like in, introspective kind of, this yeah. weird depressed people, you know? Like, it's almost like if we decided we wanted to become rappers, yeah, we would go there. Right. Yeah. You know, if you tell me you have a secret life where you rap, I'll find that hilarious. No. No, I, I have actually a lifelong aversion to, to hip-hop. Like, my best friend growing up was, like, a very early adopter of hip-hop. Like, he would be, like, rapping down the street, like, mm-hmm. in, like, 1979 or something. Damn, that is early. Like, like Grandmaster Flash time, like, before Run DMC times, you know? Like, the mm-hmm. beginning of rap, you know? And it annoyed the shit out of me then, and I marginally more like accepting of it now whereas it's like the the music of the age you know but it's not my music i think it's so funny um (laughs) my nieces were rapping the other day and they were doing like hotel motel holiday inn and i was just like rapper's delight and they were like no they said like drake or something i was like no yeah no well that's how it goes yeah because it's adopted and yeah, whatever the newer thing is, they only know that. And like, like you know, like the way you, songs, I bet yeah. you know, like I know a million songs as covers, but I didn't know they were covers until later, kind of thing. You know, Probably. you see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is there so far removed because I would be like, if they're like twenty now, then like it would have been like thirty years ago. Yeah. So. But it was, you know, my. Yeah, that's my only friend and the first one I made in America in second grade, you know. He was like early on into that, but it was like this, you know, white kid like doing rap. It was rap before hip-hop. There was no hip-hop. Hip-hop was invented later, the word, you know. It was rap, you know. Definitely. It was when there was just rap. We had rap and we had, you know, break dancing, shit like that, you know. I mean, wasn't rap like something you're supposed to be doing like uh, when you're emceeing? Yeah. Yeah, as a DJ. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, it started like yeah from these parties in New York, you know, and then they would get on a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I I don't know rap hip hop enough to really comment yeah. on the history, but yeah. I have a lot of friends who are like rappers, hip hop people. Yeah. I have people who like kind of modeled themselves after say like Fifty Cent, and that's yeah. from my era, but. Right. I like the people now who are more after like Rockhampton. Mm. I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't even know what that sounds like. Well, they're a group. I really like the fact that they're led mainly by uh, 
gay guy. Mm -hmm. You don't get that in rap almost. Yeah, that's like a big revolution for rap. I know that, like, people And they're all, like, just teenage boys, yeah. Yeah. I think there are, like, ten of them in the group. It's almost like when you come to K-pop and you're like, there are 12 people in this group. Holy shit. There's another thing. There's a genre I know nothing about. K-pop, I don't know. nothing. Like Zip, Zippo. They're all like young people with like funny haircuts. And, you know, like I see these pictures, you know. They're always kind of androgynous. You know, you don't know what they are exactly. But but that's also, that's that was a really in, interesting thing. when I moved to Bridgeport in 2015. That's me. That's cool. Uh, yep. Robo marketing bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every call, except for my parents, you know, like is is. Wait, what kind of phone is that? It's a punkt. It's from Switzerland. Oh, it looks like a little calculator. Everybody thinks it's a calculator. It's cool. (laughs) It has. There's no internet and no camera and nothing. It's just talk and text. But it's cooler than a flip phone, which I applaud. No, is it like a stylistically? It's like like a fancy designer made it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, but. If Steve Jobs wanted to make a phone that was not connected to the internet, it would be that phone. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Steve Jobs is not nearly cool enough to invent a phone like this. <laughs> <laughs> he sold his soul. Talk about selling your soul to the devil. Like, I did that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Uh, that happens often around Oh, me. oh, yeah. Oh, the... Yeah, the, uh, the androgyny and, like, the non-binary thing so I moved to Bridgeport in at the beginning of 2015 I broke up with a woman who I was living in Beverly in her house mm-hmm. we broke up and I'd all, always wanted to try Bridgeport so I moved to Bridgeport and uh, started I, I moved like two blocks away from Jackalope and started hanging out there and they'd only been open like a year or two mm-hmm. but through the five six years that I've been a regular at Jackalope like Slowly, like there's almost nobody that works there that can be safely called like male or female anymore. Like it's it's gone. Like in just watching that happens, like well, this is a big fucking change in society because they're all young people. So yeah. this is what's happening. You know, I I have, I have no I don't know I have no judgment or like real. That's why fear, I never guess with pronouns. Oh no no yeah. like well, why why even bother? But like it it's been a really interesting thing to watch. I remember when I was yeah. doing my fellowship, that was the very first time I witnessed a large mass of people immediately just going around and be like, what is your pronoun? Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of they, thems, but my favorite was one person named Mario. And they were like, no, just Mario. Mm-hmm. Only from My to me pronoun is, is Mario, yeah. Yeah, I I'm was like, like I'm, you were I'm just a, the most My intriguing. own gender, yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, I species, guess we're going with this. <laughs> yeah. This is Mario. Mario does this. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really, like, on my trip uh, east, I, I stopped in New York after to see an art show, and then I visited a friend. Which area old, of New York? Uh, well, New York City. I went to, to the Met. Oh, okay. To see the... Alice Neal show. Do you know who Alice Neal is? No. Well, look her up. She's the best portrait painter of the 20th century, like bar none. She's the best. Awesome. Uh, I've been like a fan since high school, but then there's this big show and it was like a cool, good excuse, good thing to do. Because I drove, so I I drove, I just rented a car for a week and drove Mm -hmm. to Boston and then stopped in New York. But then afterwards, I, 
I got an invite from a friend in the Hudson River Valley. It's an older writer who I'm a really big fan of, and they opened the door and turns out transitioning didn't know anything but like a brand new thing. So that was like a big, really interesting thing that happened. So that was a fun surprise. Yeah. No, it was really intense, and yeah, I was there for a couple of hours, I had a really interesting conversation, but that's the first person that I actually know that's doing that, mm -hmm. and it's a person that's well into their 60s. That's really late to get yeah. into that. Yeah, it was, it was like a eureka moment, apparently, like just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. I realized, well, I've actually always been a woman on the inside. That's commitment, though, to actually still go through with it. Mm-hmm. No, no, she's doing it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know when, yeah, if there's public announcement or anything, but yeah, it's like a big fucking deal. But, yeah, she was saying how she's on all these trans, like, message boards and support groups, and there's, like, now, like, a 20-year-old will think it's too late to go through it. Yeah, like, I miss the it almost seems like Isn't that it. fucked up? Like, yeah. Like, fucking 20, you don't even know what you are. You're, you're barely a fucking human being, you know? Like, <laughs> they think so ahead of us, I'd like I know. to say, though. Yeah. Yeah, you got a person well into their 60s doing this thing. But they like, hit their existential crises then so much sooner. Like, you know, like the 30-year-old, like, midlife crisis, they'll be getting it, like, at 25. I guess. I'm at 30. I still haven't hit mine yet. Oh, yeah? You're looking forward to your midlife crisis? <laughs> I'm curious as to what's going to happen. <laughs> You're, you're going to get into sports? <laughs> well, that would be so fascinating. No, I'll be totally like that one guy from the trial of the Chicago 7. I'll just turn into like a Wall Street person. Well, that's what happened to all the hippies, you know? Yeah. The hippies became yuppies, you know, sold out. <laughs> God, I never bought that. I never understood it. Yeah, they, it's hard fighting a good fight. It's it's exhausting and it, you don't get, you know, Give it's hard to live Give massive to the ones who actually stuck it out. Yeah, the people that live off the fucking grid, like mm -hmm. some weirdos in the forest, yeah. I love the ones that have those, uh, what are the steel campers called? Oh, uh, the... Not tailwind, stream streamers. Jets, uh... I think jet streamer. I keep wanting to say soda stream. <laughs> it's not a soda stream, it's a... I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, the silvery, yeah. like, yeah, I they're great. I feel like great. they're there and they have the gardens and everything. Airstream? Airstream. Airstream, yeah. yeah. Not soda stream. Soda stream is bubbly water. Yeah. That's soda <laughs> that, stream. That's a soda stream. I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I like the boat fizzy water. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that is not the most white thing to say, I don't know what else is. Hey, I, I like, like I love fizzy water. I like fizzy water. What's wrong with that? That shit's expensive. It's, you know, That's like, why you get that. Yeah, get the machine to make it at home. <laughs> I bet there's some non-white people that enjoy some bubbles in their fucking drink. <laughs> I'm sure too, but I don't think it's a bragging rights thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah, about these the crises and the midlife crises. I don't know. I feel like my whole fucking life has been some kind of crisis. <laughs> oh, do I it's know just how that feels? It's just like a, You've read it. my writing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. So what do you, yeah, uh, do you have some, like, wish list or, like, vision of, like, is there some writer or some, like, I don't know, musician or whatever, like, whose life, like, you'd love to have, life? Like, what, what's the ideal? 
Is there like a goal of some kind? Honestly, I'm not sure if I have any goal that I've witnessed anyone else do. Yeah. But I would eventually like to get back into the film world. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like you want to make a movies or shows or something? Probably movies. Yeah. I see the thing is it's still difficult for me to write screenplays though. Mm. The technique to it is so different. It's, but yeah, it's very different. But I've been told that some of the things I write, because I write other genres that I just don't even put out there. I write a lot of sci-fi and fantasy oh, that really? I just keep to myself. Why do you people, keep it to yourself? I don't know. Is it doesn't fit with like that the modeling, It's not the modeling house thing? No, or? if I start telling people that I'm writing about like space and shit or fantasy worlds, then... Space, the final frontier? <laughs> My favorite TV series is Stargate. Oh, yeah? Okay. That and then Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> They're very opposite of each yeah. other, obviously, because one has Christian undertones and the other one is about... The, re, the, the newer gods. Battlestar Galactica? Not yeah. the old... Like, I grew up with Battlestar Galactica. So you get to very compare. Old. What? You get to compare them. Like well, the I, I never original. saw the new one. So. The new one is good. But did the new one end, or...? Yeah. Oh, it did. Okay. And that's actually how we got the name for our cat, Starbuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was... Uh, Everyone right, immediately assumes was, coffee. Right, he was... Well, but the, which is based, which is off Moby Dick, anyways. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And you go Moby Dick, Starbucks, and then obviously you get Battlestar Galactica somewhere yeah. in between there. Yeah. Yeah, who was that actor that played him on the 80s show? Uh, I remember who so played Starbuck. He was like the wise ass. He's sort of like the Han Solo kind of guy on... See, I managed not to remember any of the actors in my favorite sci-fi shows, just because I feel did like... Did you I'm watch just... the... Did you ever see the old one? Yeah. My yeah. dad was really into that one. But it was sort of like competing with like for Star, with Star Trek and, you know, for yeah. TV shows and stuff. I dig Star Trek too. Yeah. The only sci-fi that is really, really mainstream that I don't like is actually Star Wars. Hmm. Star Wars sucks. I don't view it as actual sci-fi. I feel like it's more of like a western with like high-tech shit. I think it's more of a soap opera. Really? So. I guess more these days, but the original trilogy. I, I fell asleep in the theater during Empire Strikes Back. Did you hear the rumor that David Lynch was originally supposed to direct that, but gave it up to do Dune instead? Well, but he was late hired. He was a replacement in Dune, too. He wasn't mm -hmm. the first director of Dune. Yeah. They actually had a few different replacements yeah. with screenwriters with the original trilogy of Star Wars. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I have a, a sort of a memory of the first Star Wars because it was the first movie I saw in America. Because mm -hmm. it was re-released in 1978. You know, it was released originally in 77, but it was such a big hit that they re-released it. Mm -hmm. So it was the first movie I saw in America. So it was kind of overwhelming. and I didn't even know English when I watched it, you know, so... I have that, but then by the time Empire Strikes Back came in, I was, I guess I was already a film snob or something. I, I just was not into it. I never understood <laughs> why people are so obsessed with it. And I know that Disney just came out with like five or six different series all based oh, on Oh, sure. It. They just keep, but this is all, yeah, this is all just marketing and product placement. Yeah, and, like a lot of them are like Legos doing Star Wars, like Lego movies. Sure, yeah. Why not? I don't get still yeah. anymore. Like if I didn't get the original Star Wars, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, like, yeah, sci-fi was never really my bag, but <laughs> I'm into reality-based fantasy worlds. You know, like, 
My favorite <laughs> fantasy world would be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, see, I couldn't get through those books even. Really? I'm still in the middle of a Silmarillion. I've been trying ever since high school. Is, what is Silmarillion? Is that like after The Hobbit? or? It's like actually a... pre. It's a world-building thing, and it was never published um, by was Tolkien. It... it was published by his oh. son after oh, he died. So was, was it written later or written earlier and not published? It was kind of written all over the place. Oh, okay. And it was after the fact that he died, his son found that he had all these notes compiled, and his son tried to put it all together. I think that that's why it's hard to read at times because mm. you have a non-writer trying to put together a writer's notes and make it readable. Mm. I've learned that the elves are kind of douchebags. Nah. <laughs> Had a bit of genocide there. Yeah, really I just, couldn't be it's very hard for me. I, I, can't, I just can't go and I can't suspend my disbelief. Like I never watched that fucking dragon show Which that everybody that? loved. Oh, uh, the Thrones, the Game of Thrones. Oh no, I never could do that. Like I just don't care. Like it's I haven't seen a like a minute of Game of Thrones. I have no interest. I have a friend who keeps begging me to watch it, and I've lied now oh, and say I've yeah, watched it. Yeah, people love it. Yeah. Sometimes yes, I have to be like, yep, watched it, direct, totally amazing. No, the only way I can do the space stuff is if it's really, really fucking dark, like. Like Solaris, I love. Oh, Fantasy I like Solaris, that. yeah, the Russian one, not the, not the, remake. Okay, I haven't seen that one. What? Oh, you didn't see the Russian one? No. Oh, watch the Russian one. <laughs> okay. So you, you saw the one with George Clooney? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. See, I won't watch that because it's because it doesn't it's need still to exist. Good, yeah, I'll check out the Russian. <laughs> yeah. When was that made? Seventies. Okay. It was like kind of like the answer to Space Odyssey to two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, out of all the sci-fis, I don't like that one too much either. 2001? I don't I, really like Stanley Kubrick oh in yeah? general. I love Stanley Kubrick, but not that movie. I like Stan, I like 2001 as a piece of industrial design. I think the writing's terrible. It's, it's a mess. The music is good. I yeah. like the there's good composition. Stuff. The shit with the monkeys is stupid. Yeah, and the baby. And, like, there's a lot of cheesy shit in that movie that's just... But as far as, like, the... I mean, he invented a lot of that stuff that, like, you know, Star Wars ripped off and mm -hmm. all the other space movies forever. I say stylistically and yeah. everything. That's what I mean. Industrial design is amazing, you know, yeah. like as a piece of, like, yeah, design. But I don't think I can watch it maybe more than twice, and that's how many times I've watched it. Yeah, and I mean, the way you need to watch it is on a big, big screen. So the last time I saw it was at the Music Box when they brought it back mm. in 70 millimeter. And I still didn't love it. I would it. love to see it. So that, but that's the way you got to see it, like because it's a spectacle. It's got to be so big that it, like, you can't see anything else, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're in space with them, you know. But, uh, but the yeah, Solaris is a lot more psychological. It's you know, it's basically it's just a metaphor, you know. It's like mm -hmm. they're orbiting this thing that's like a giant brain that's causing them to see visions, you know. Yeah. That that I'm into. There was one uh, a couple of years ago that was great called um, High Life. It's this French director that. made. What's his name is in it? Uh, Robert Pattinson is the star of it. Oof, never been a big Robert no? Pattinson fan, but you okay. know Robert Pattinson does good stuff when he's not in like the stupid <laughs> sparkly fake vampire. Like he has a, good taste in movies. I forget the name of it. Like Cosmo. I don't know. Oh, Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis. Well, yeah, that's the that yeah good. the David Cronenberg thing. And he was really good in Tenet. I liked. 
Yeah, he was right. He was a tenant. Uh, he was in that other one. The act. The. He's been in a good lot Good time of or good, good. It's a crime movie set in. He's like a. He's a junkie, basically. He's running around New York. Yeah, I don't know. It's really good. Uh, it's by those brothers in New York. They made... They, by Coen Brothers? No, not the Coen Brothers. No. The, uh, ben, uh, Safdie, the Safdie brothers. They made, uh, they made that movie with Uncut Gems with, uh, Adam Sandberg. Adam, uh... Sandler. Sam, Sandler. Not Andy Sandberg. <laughs> I like, I like Andy Sandberg better He's than Adam Sandler. He's still good, too. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, like when he does like the indie movies, he's good. Robert Pattinson, you know. I'm nervous to see him as Batman. Oh yeah, he's a new Batman, right? I feel like that's just like I feel like we've done Batman to death lately. They keep well, yeah, it's just a money thing. They just just keep, like with Spider-Man, like they, they keep, just keep re yeah, doing it. redoing it, redoing. It's, it's what we do. It's what America does. It's Beating what we're best dead horses, at. yeah. Oh God, we beat. Yeah, we beat them and beat them. Yeah. That's what's great about, like, you see the old TV shows, like the British ones, and they're like five episodes, mm -hmm. or seven episodes, and, and that's it. It's over. You know, like, that's as long as it needs to be. You don't like need to have America 17... I keeps remaking British shows. Oh, yeah, they're all like rip-offs of British shows. Yeah, like almost everything. Have you ever everything. noticed that British shows never try to rip off American shows? No. No, they go on to the next thing, yeah. Yeah. They just come up with But they also, those ideas. actors and those directors don't make the money that American ones do, you know? Like, that's what they know how to do well here, is to make money. It's yeah. three M's here. Yeah. Music, movies, military. <laughs> yeah. We are really good at exporting those. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so, what, uh, what inspired you to start the podcast? Was there like a thing? I am that, actually trying to think. Was it kind of like with with Modlin House, like like all the other podcasts sucked? So you're gonna like <laughs> no, the podcast thing was like I've always wanted to do one. It's just it was a theme that I kept coming up against. That like every time I was reading a really great book, I'd find out that like someone was listening to like a specific band or something. Mm. The, the music, the music part of it, yeah. Yeah. An interesting story that actually got me into it. I was like, wow, I do not like this book, but this is a very interesting anecdote. Um, Muse is what inspired Twilight. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. the band Muse. And I was like, wow, if such great music could be <laughs> used to such big evil. Well, you know, I mean. If you're a weird Mormon, then that's what you come up with, you know? Basically. You take all the fun shit out of being a vampire, you leave all the lame, lame teenage... I know. Teen, like, I just saw the one, the first movie. I haven't read those books, you know, obviously, but I, I watched that movie and it was just such a bummer. It's like, you literally took everything cool about being a vampire Not out. Not cool powers. And no. made it into this, like, PSA for, like... Don't for, have For sex, sex abstinence, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? It's one of the only thing, cool things about vampires is they have, like, sex forever. You See, know, that's like, that's like their true thing. Blood. They actually follow the rules oh, of the vampire. Yeah. Right, true blood. 
Right. I remember like when that was like the height of the show and you would actually go to Hot Topic and they actually sold drinks that said True Blood. Oh yeah. Love when they did that gimmicky shit. They don't do it that much. Or I don't go to Hot Topic anymore. Maybe you, you aged out of the Hot Topic. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I owe them a visit. <laughs> like uh, that'll be my tomorrow plan. Visit Hot Topic. Yeah. See if they still sell Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. There you go. Gotta have goals. Stuff to look forward to, yeah. I remember, yeah, like, I, I would trick myself into, like, getting through another week of high school by, like, saying that there was some movie that was going to come out or some record that was going to come out. That's what I always do. Now it's like to bribe myself through, like, to not into jumping in front of the train, you know, like, yeah. another week because... This, this thing is going to fucking save me, you know, like... Exactly. None of them ever did, but, you know, I did survive high school, so I guess there's that. Yeah. <laughs> it but worked. No, for the podcast, it was definitely more music that yeah. vibed with me for it. And also, it's because it's how I write, too. Oh, with, you mean with, like, having... A lot a, of music on and stuff. And yeah. I have playlists for every book I write. Yeah. And also, I have playlists for when I'm doing editing for Malden House as well. Mm-hmm. Or I do, my, my boyfriend calls it music time, but I jam out to music out here. I'll yeah. make him go in the bedroom and be like, leave me the fuck alone. Oh, he can't, he can't. No. He can't, that's like, that's like Sometimes private. Sometimes you just need to be private and just be the dork you would be at a music festival or at a concert. Oh, so you do like your dance moves or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like in the beginning of the pandemic, we tried to relive concerts a little bit. Oh, yeah. By buying just cheap beer and watching YouTube videos of concerts. It's not the same when you're watching it from a couch. No. No, I could never, like, get into... I mean, it, it sucked that all the bands couldn't tour anymore, but, like, the the live streams just suck. I, I just don't... Like, the sound and the sound and the, the image always go out of sync, and it's just always. like... Always. Always. Like, even the really fancy ones, it just... And sometimes you get too much get of the gl- audience. Glitchy, or, like... It's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather not even do it. So I'm like I like the podcast better than where it's just just uh, just sound, you know. Oh yeah. I like the sound. I like the podcast while while I'm making doing art stuff. I like, I just like listening to people talking, you know. There are a few podcasts I like. Um, Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I like uh, horror queers. They're based out of Chicago. Horror queers. Yeah. Oh, they are fantastic. Yeah. I recommend them to anybody. I want to be one of them. Do you know them or? No, but my friend knows them. And I don't know if there's a polite way to be like, excuse me, you're a podcaster. I have no interest in being on your podcast, but can you introduce me to your podcast friends? One day you all will meet at some (laughs) podcast convention or something. (laughs) I would say the friend I know does a Stephen King one. So like, as you can tell, I love horror movie stuff. I just want someone to do a horror movie podcast with me so badly. Why don't you? Why don't you do that? I want to like have other people do it with me, and yeah. I don't do it alone. I tried to do a, a movie, movie talk podcast, it, and it just never took off. I have no idea if it would take off with me. Yeah, because I love movies and I like talking about movies, but uh, you have to do it in a way where people are gonna want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my personal problem with 
me doing podcasts also is that since I don't do social media, that's the only way you publicize them, you know? That is. Or so I, getting other public, uh, yeah. podcasters to help promo you. Right. Yeah, you do this whole thing, but I'm not going back to social media for anything. It's just not worth it. Like uh, for a emotional, mental health, it's not worth it. Uh, I know they do it, I think, on Anchor where they help find sponsors. I was, I started my, uh, I have a secret podcast. I have oh, a podcast. You? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do I get to check it out? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Spotify and, uh, and on Apple. What's it called? Blather. B-L-A-T-H-E-R. Yeah. Yeah, type in Blather into Spotify. It'll come up. It is most, there's some conversations, other things, it's, it's uh, like research talks for articles and stuff, kind of like this. I dig it. Uh, oh, I'm following. That's it. That's that's my podcast. Go for it. Yeah. And But uh, during COVID and stuff, what it's mostly been is me reading either excerpts of work in progress or things I was reading. Like I reread a bunch of favorite books last year. Like I reread Underworld by Don DeLillo. Ooh, I had Donda Lillo recommended to me. It was so fucking good. Well, Cosmo that movie ago. Cosmopolis, that's based on a Donda Lillo. There's another author, uh, Joseph Fasano. I, I don't know. He was mentioning it to me the other day when I did a podcast with him. Who is, oh, you had him on, you had yeah. him on your show? Yeah. How do you, what, what is he, does he have, is he on like one of the indie presses or? He's a writer. Who, yeah. And, uh, here, let me. You haven't posted that one, right? No, not yet. I think yet. I've listened to most, if not all, of yours. We have quite a few that are you've still got a, coming. You've got a backlog? Cool. Yeah. That, that's, 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 that's a good problem to have. <laughs> have but no. He wrote The Dark Heart of Every Wild Thing. He's pretty cool. He uh, teaches at Columbia University as well. Oh, he does? Okay. And, yeah, he was actually asking if we wanted to uh, publish his stuff in the future. Ooh, ooh, he's he's got a Wikipedia. Yeah, ooh, maybe I'll get a wiki soon. Yeah, I don't know how that works. You I, need to know people who are on wiki. So somebody's got to do it for you. Can't do it yourself. I found that yeah. out the the hard way. <laughs> you know, like I'm able to make them. Yeah. But obviously, I can't do it for myself. I edit other people's. So. You do? Yeah. Have you made like started one for somebody or? Um, no, but I completely redid Noah Cicero's because his was like from was 10 mess. years yeah. ago. That's cool. I don't know if he knows it was me that did it, but I was like, here, I'm just going to brush up some of this. Cool. Info. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of random. I kind of looked at, I was kind of got fixated on it for a little bit a few years ago, I think. It's you like, know, you know you're big if you have a wiki. <laughs> Yeah, like, which isn't true, but, like, there's some people that have them that, like, why the fuck do you have one? And yeah. all these other people don't kind of thing. And, it, it and I'm trying to go by, like, social it. media, but I have one friend who has, like, 200,000, like, uh, Twitter followers, but they don't have a wiki. Yeah. So it's, like, it's so, so it's, hard to decide. Yeah. It, who the fuck knows? Talk about gatekeepers, you know? It's like... Why is this and and how legitimate is it? We don't really know because I want to know there's so the much fake shit on there. What who do like the verified yeah. check mark? Yeah, yeah. Because they seem like they gave them out before just to about like anybody. Yeah. And now it's like impossible to get mm, a verified check. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think we tried it as Malden House once, but they said that they weren't accepting 
any more applications. So I was like, yeah, not meant to be. If it happens, it does. I couldn't get them to take down the bot that took over mine. Really? There's a bot Twitter thing, like with my name on it, and mm. they, and I, I told them this was instantly, this is as soon as I closed mine, somebody just, some fucking machine took over, and they don't tweet or anything, but it, it's got my name on it, you know? That so, is so awkward. Yeah, and periodically, like, somebody will, you know, put a link up or something to something I did, and then they put the stupid Twitter thing that has nothing to do with me, and that's annoying, you know? <laughs> Well, you gotta know that somebody obviously took the time out and it was really. Well, they're squatters. What they do is they're trying to sell it to somebody that they think they'll make money off at some point, you know? Mm -hmm. like they do that with websites all the time. They, they oh, buy, yeah. buy up all the URLs, you know? Yeah, like I, at some point I wanted to buy samurov.com and it's it's like thousands of dollars, you know? Really? Yeah. Wow. Because some, some asshole's sitting on it, not anybody using it, you know? But, Luckily, Mallory Smart has not been taken, so I have it. Oh, uh, dot com or yeah, yeah, dot com. Smart would be hard. <laughs> Smart dot com, yeah. 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 The first name helps. Yeah. Not a lot of Mallory's out there. No. I think the the only one I could think of before I met you was the one uh, on that that sitcom. The 80, um. I know there's one in Natural Born Killers. Um, For the one with uh, Michael J. Fox when he was a, the Republican kid. Yeah, my parents watched that. I really hope was that's it, not why my name came from. Is it Family Ties or like it's it's one? It, it's Family. I think it's Family matters. Ties. It's one of those. Something but like yeah, her his older sister's name is Mallory. Yeah. So I know that one. I know Natural Born Killers, and I know Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And those are all the pop culture Mallory's I've ever heard and, of. And, oh, your parents didn't tell you where it came from? No, they are just like, oh, this sounded great. All my siblings have M names. Oh, okay. And they are all very basic yeah. M names. Like, you have, like, Melissa, Michael, Yeah, Megan, Mallory isn't, isn't the most common one. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up, though, and it means dark and unfortunate. And I was oh, like, okay. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's me. What's up? It's like, thanks, Mom and Dad. On brand. <laughs> <laughs> It's Just like give knew, me a coffee-themed middle yeah. name and we're good. Yeah, you, you, you know how about my future self. What's perfect <laughs> is my middle name is actually the name of the street that the hospital I was born at. Oh, really? Was. And I was like, D did you guys totally forget that part of yeah. the name? So I think they were just lazy. Uh -huh. Just looked out and we're like, Lynn. Lynn works. <laughs> I lucked out at having the fun first name. Yeah. But none of my nieces and nephews can get it right right away. They have issues with the L's. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So what does it happen? Like, Mary? Or like, it, it's it actually where they first go, and then they're like, Mal. Mal. But I hate it because um, now everybody knows my boyfriend's name before they can get my name, even though we're not married. Who? Oh, you mean Like, all the nieces and oh, nephews. Because... Really? I just call him Boo, oh, and there's nothing yeah. easier for a child to say. Than Boo, yeah. They don't even really see him much, but they get psyched to see him because they get to say the name. Mm. Kids are weird. Yeah, they are. And that's why I'm not a parent yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding out for the Husky. Yeah, it's the training wheels kid, the, the four-legged kid. <laughs> 
I hate it though when people do the training wheel kid as the dog and then they give two fucks about the dog once they have kids. Yeah, then the dog's forgotten, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that poor dog thought it was your world. Well, a lot of pe people I know just ne never graduated from the dogs. The, it was, it's it's been dogs be the us. whole way, yeah. And But that's, like, those are the children. I mean, like, yeah. My ex who I lived with, th that little dog was, like, every... I was, like, fifth or sixth down the list. There was, a, you know, the dog. Were and then like the dog? Yeah, there were some plants that were more important than me, I think, you know. But, yeah, the dog was everything, yeah. I actually had <laughs> nightmares about, like, what would happen if I, like, had to get out of the apartment really quickly and if I can get the cat right away. Yeah, because the cat would fight you. Oh, she would. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a <laughs> thing where we had to get out of the apartment because there was like a gas leak. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I had scratches everywhere. Oh, uh, put her in the carrier? or, or No, nope, like it was a quick situation. So you I had just to put her in a bag her. or something? Yeah. That was the oh, cats one are, time yeah, that cats are a whole different good thing, for me. Yeah. He like helped open the door and everything. He's like, oh, I love cats. And it scratched the hell out of him. And I was like, there you go. Nice to meet you, too. It's weird with cats. Like, humans did something wrong with cats. I mean, like, how did they... They basically made dogs, you know, they made this animal, like, to give See, them all, an, all of life. And then there's... Cats made us. Yeah, right. The cats are like... They, they tolerate you and, you know, yeah, if you don't feed them a couple of days, guess who gets to become food? They yeah. domesticated themselves. I have, a, I have a story in the fucking... In the bar book. Yeah. Which is totally real. It happened. The guy that lived above the bar... He died, and they'll eat. Your yeah, they, they're they're eating eating his face. Couple of, like a week after because they hadn't been fed in a week. That's what happens with cats. I mean, they're predators by nature. They don't fucking care. They tolerate you until you don't. Yeah, you don't do your thing, which is deliver their food. That's why I really hope if I die, yeah. someone's gonna come in quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be. Have you always had cats cat. or? You know, no, no, this is no. my first pet. Oh. Um, really? My parents didn't really like having pets, although they were both raised with them. Hmm. Um, apparently, my older siblings had a dog named Mojo, hmm. but I wasn't around for that one. <laughs> yeah, Mojo is what yeah. happens when you get little kids from the 70s naming a dog. Sure, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, Jim Morrison fans or something. <laughs> That's actually so funny, thanks to the movie, I say that to my boyfriend all the time, Mojo Rising. Oh, yeah. But I say it in a creepy voice. Yeah. Oh, the, the one with Val Kilmer? Yeah. Kilmer, yeah. And Kyle MacLachlan, shockingly. Right. It's been a million years since I watched that movie. It's a good one. <laughs> Weird one, but yeah. good. Yeah. He's supposed to be a really legendarily horrible human being. Val Kilmer. Yeah. You know, like... Jim Morrison too. Kyle McLaughlin is the nicest man in the world. Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin is supposed to be great. I mean, he still seems like he's devoted to David Lynch in a deep way. Yeah. If you look at like his Instagram or anything. But he's always great. Like he's great on Portlandia. He's he's great. He's Mr. Mayor. Yeah. He's always fun to see and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing. I went to see. Blue Velvet in the theater when it came out. Oh, I would have loved to see that in theaters. And there was a woman, like a middle-aged woman, or I thought she was middle-aged because I was in high school, uh, having a fucking heart attack. 
She didn't know what the fuck was going on. That movie, when it came out, just freaked the fuck out of people. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was like a fucking revolution. It was, you know, before Twin Peaks. Or, yeah. You know. I mean, I already knew him, like, I, I know Eraserhead and stuff. So I, I was ready for for Blue Velvet. But, yeah, I and then, then uh, it was like, it came out of VHS, like, because that was the VHS times. And I, I remember I was sick and at home. And watched it like three times in a row or something. I love that. I can that imagine movie. why older people would definitely be shocked about that one. Yeah. Well, because it's you know it and looks Dennis like this. Hopper, yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like it, it's in this like kind of like you know Beaver Cleaver yesterday little town, but like there's all this horrible shit happening under the surface. Yeah. It seems to be a theme that Lynch loves to do, as you said, like with Twin Peaks. That's his whole thing, yeah. It's yeah. it's like this normal American life, which is just like rotten underneath. And everything is just like kind of seething. Through. Yeah, everything's like you pick up the log and there's all these worms and shit under there. Yeah, it's always something gross. Like, here's the prom queen. She's a million secrets. She's a cokehead who's whoring yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, when I was in art school, that's when Twin Peaks was happening. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, what, was it before? Yeah, it was like 90, 91. Something like, yeah. It's Twin Peaks and then, yeah. Most devoted Twin Peaks fan fans pretend the second season didn't exist. Except for the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I lost interest in the... Well, because he wasn't he wasn't directing it. You yeah, know? it went to like, Mark Frost instead. Yeah, it wasn't the same thing. Yeah. But he came back for the last episode. Right. And then Showtime did the return, and it feels like Lynch was let off his leash. I guess, yeah. I couldn't get... I tried it several times to watch it. I couldn't get into it. I no? Just, I didn't get it, yeah. But, I, yeah, I love David Lynch. I love... I, I actually bought... I went to the Music Box two, day, two days in a row uh, to, to watch uh, Inland Empire. Oh my god, that movie still confuses the hell out I of me. Love, I love I love Inland Empire, and, but like, it was it it's was like so his, well acted. I'm but so it's like, his fuck you to Hol- it was like his farewell to Hollywood. You know, it's like fuck you, you don't understand me. I'm gonna just do whatever. But I he's fucking coming want. back now. I know he's back. What's he doing now? He's doing he's about some. About to do a Netflix thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I believe I, Laura Dern is involved because she did a Twitter thing. That makes sense. They're um, good. They're a good team. A yeah. Now she was if so young. Kyle and, McLaughlin, it'd be perfect. Yeah, she was so young in twin in uh, Blue Velvet. She was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, like yeah, basically, yeah, that was just like Inland Empire is like his final statement. You know, like. <laughs> See, for me, it would be Mulholland Drive, but yeah. I have a lot of trouble with Mulholland Drive. Really? Yeah, I've tried it a few times. You know that was supposed to be a TV show. Yeah, it's like supposed he to be a spin-off. All, yeah, like, it makes no sense. Like, to, to me, Mulholland Drive is a lot more confusing than Inland Empire. I feel like if you let go of the spin-off vibe and just allow it to be a standalone yeah. thing, then... Plus, like, I don't like... There's some, there's some shit, like, weird, like... Uh, like straight guy, like lesbian fantasy shit in that movie. That's yeah, just that not... in Inland Empire though too. Well, that's it. Like the the whole tension of David Lynch is that he's like this really straight laced conservative guy that's really fucked up underneath. That's his whole thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I guess in Mulholland Drive, I don't like it. It just seems like shitty porn, kind of. There are like definitely the, some weird. The Naomi Watts and what's her the the brunette. Girl, oh my god, I uh, forgot her name. 
uh, Laura something. I forget her name. Uh, I don't really know. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, but I yeah, do. It's this kind of like aestheticized like. And I do remember like suddenly be like, oh, we're doing lesbian now. Okay. Yes, straight guy fantasy of lesbian, not actual lesbian, you know, like... But, like, I remember, like, in Inland Empire with Laura Dern, like, opening the door and suddenly, like, weird lesbian stuff happening and mm -hmm. doing that weird dance. I forget what song it was. It's Still been a locomo now locomotion. It's making me want to... Yeah, watch it again. God, I would give a million dollars to know what that man, like, was just thinking of on a daily basis. <laughs> That's why I was happy that he did his weather reports throughout the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Damn, he was a strange dude. Mm -hmm. We're lucky to have him. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah, like... He's a good one. Every society yeah, needs their weird guy. Yeah. I even like... I like that that track, that Disney tractor movie, The Straight Story. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... It's, it's like he's fucked around with everything. Yep, he's done it all. Yeah. He's a good one. Maybe we'll start our own David Lynch podcast, Appreciation Society. I could do that. I, <laughs> I mean, I have a David Lynch tattoo, so yeah. Yeah. yeah what what did you get? Ah, oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I did, like, when I finally made it to the Pacific Northwest, I was on, on book tour and drove into, like, those treatments. Like, oh, fuck, I'm in Twin Peaks. That's what it looks like, you know, when you cross from California into Oregon, mm -hmm. you like you pass it, you go into Twin Peaks, you know, like that's what it looks just like that opening sequence of Twin Peaks. The crazy. first time we did Pacific Northwest, we hit um, from I-90 uh -huh. to Washington and we hit up uh, Snoqualmie and that's actually where they filmed mm -hmm. a lot of Twin Peaks. I never made it all the way, I've never been to Seattle, I only made it as far as Portland. Oh, it was yeah. definitely fun there. Seattle. A lot more hilly than yeah. you predict. Mm. Um, almost San Francisco hilly. But Portland. I, I was in Portland area. three days. It rained hard the whole time. Like not even misty. Like cute. Like that's was, my aesthetic. It was fucking raining. You know? I just want it pouring, yeah. and I just want to be like, see, I can't go outside. The weather says no. <laughs> so you gotta live somewhere where you never have to go outdoors. Exactly. Yeah. I'll just have my coffee and my book and my typewriter, maybe. I need a new ribbon for that. You can get a ribbon online. Yeah. People may make universal. I have, I have a ribbon for typewriters. For Underwood, it's easy. I have another typewriter. It's not here. It's uh, We have a storage area. Mm. But it's um, a Royal Remington from the 30s, and I need a new ribbon, and I need a new string for mm. it. And I don't know where to go for those. Because I haven't been able to find them on eBay or anything. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. Because that's an old typewriter. I bet, I bet there's, yeah, you could find somebody that repairs them. There's not many, though. Yeah. My uncle used to be yeah. a typewriter repairman, and even he's just like, I don't think they make this anymore. I bought my typewriter. I, I have a Smith Corona portable from the 50s that mm -hmm. I still use, like, for my website and stuff. It, but when I bought it, I bought it in the late 90s uh, to make a zine about being a cab driver. It was mm -hmm. the beginning of my writing career. Uh, there were still typewriter stores because like places like schools and police departments were still using like electric typewriters mm -hmm. in the office. So it was refurbished and stuff, but now all those stores are gone. That's why go I hope online, that like yeah. 
you know how like uh, actual film cameras came back and vinyl records came back. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's yeah. some random person who's going to bring that back. There, there is some, but yeah, you just got to find them. I mean, you may need to mail it somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but there's got to be somebody in in Chicago that works. If on them. you ever see it, let me know. I will. I know I have. Because I'm obsessed with I have typewriters. A, oh, okay, yeah. My friend Kathleen Rooney. Do you know who she is? Mm -mm. She's a local writer. She teaches at DePaul, but. One of her things is this thing called Poems While You Wait, where people write typewriter poems. Oh, I've actually, um, I've done that. The poem, <laughs> yeah. Poems While You Wait? Yeah, that's yeah. her and a, I forget, there's a couple of people. She's got a, she's got a, a poetry press too, like she does a lot of stuff. There but are she's so super many into poetry the, presses out there. Yeah, what's hers called? Rose Metal, Rose Petal, Rose something. I feel like Rose Petal sounds yeah. most familiar. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, she, it's been around for a while. Uh, but she would be somebody, she would be who to talk to about fixing typewriter. I'll, I'll hit her up. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll ask her. Uh, As I immediately start looking it up on yeah. Twitter. Kathleen Rooney, look her up. Yeah, she, she does all kinds of literary shit. She's... She writes for a lot of books. She's got a bunch of books out. She's yeah, a big literary citizen, local citizen. How do you spell the Kathleen with the K? Uh, K-A-T-H-L-E-E. -E. Yeah, the, the most traditional. Kathleen Rooney, yeah. I know she's on Twitter. Who uh, knows? There's a Kathleen M. Rooney from Chicago, Illinois. I uh, can't see that picture. What, 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 what? What, what's the, does it say anything about her or not? Uh, poet, fictionist, non-fictionist, feminist. Yep, that's her. <laughs> that's Kathleen, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll text her and ask. Definitely. I like how it's become like a bit of a Portland, Seattle day out here. Today is, yeah. Yeah. It, it was scheduled that way for this, for us hanging out and talking. Exactly. Like, yeah. Get the Twin Peaks vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, yeah, the... What's that? What's it called? Uh, is it Blue Velvet? Yeah, Blue Velvet was in North Carolina. Lumberton. That's why I'm loving that he finds, like, the most, like, cookie-cutter areas. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess that's, like, a little bit later, you know, because before that it was all kind of, like, weird, like, city, kind of, like, industrial, like... Eraser heads. I mean, he was. Right, that's from... Philadelphia. It's Pens It's. I think it's. It's. I think it's. It's Philadelphia. For a very long he time, school. he was from like Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, he's somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But he started off in a more cookie cutter area. Yeah. I forget. There's a documentary about him and how his art developed because he's also a painter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get. I try to look at his his paintings. Don't do very much for me. <laughs> I, I haven't I, really checked him out. I, th I, th I think I think movies are the are his. Those are his best. Oh, have you listened to his music though? A little bit. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. My friend, who's a YouTuber, was the one who first introduced me to his music. Mm. Crazy clown time. I watched the <laughs> music video and I was just like, oh shit. David Lynch has too much time on his hands. <laughs> like, he's better make a movie soon. Yeah. 
Well, you know, he's a man of many interests. He's got his transcendental meditation thing. He's got that all too. kinds of shit, you know? He's been doing that for a million years. I think he's he has a master like a, class now for that, too. He's been like a, the TM guy forever. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's keeping active. Oh, how old is he? Well, he's got to be pushing 70. I mean, like, yeah, he's got to be around 70 by now. It's funny because he doesn't, he looks a little older than 70. Yeah. But he's very active for his age. Well, he, he's still smoking, which is crazy. Or he oh, was. yeah. Did he quit yet or no? N not he's when he was doing American the return. Spirits? Yeah. Because I was watching um, <coughs> That's behind the scenes and he was just smoking the entire time. I thought it was funny because like he would just be explaining scenes to the actors and they would just literally just take cigarettes out of his natural American spirits box. Mm-hmm. Like not even asking me like, yeah, okay, I'll take one. <laughs> the only thing that ruined David Lynch for me ever was when David Foster Wallace did the essays and he wrote one about David Lynch. I what think he was on set. Um, oh, I don't even remember what movie he was on set for. But just weird behaviors that Lynch had. And the weirdest is that he uh, doesn't like to run back to his trailer to go to the bathroom. He'll just pee anywhere on set. And I was like, it seems like a David Lynch thing, but I didn't need to know it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Can't I'm just imagining him with a cigarette and his tie like thrown over his shoulder and kissing in any way. Peeing on your foot or something like as you're Like he wouldn't even him. care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on. I mean, you gotta you gotta let him be a weird guy. He's David Lynch. You know, that is true. Weird, you know, that's kind of his thing. If he was normal, it would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's see if this thing, Did the battery died or not. Yeah. <laughs>